Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself, Pete, here. And we decided to do, dive on deeper into the Reser faction. And we are going to be talking about the good doctor himself, McMorning, today. And, of course, if we're going to talk about Reser stuff, we always enjoy having a maniacal cackle on with Dixon and I. So, how are you doing, cackle? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to talking about the good doctor. Yeah, there's a there's a lot going on. I've, I've been getting into Rezzers to nobody's surprise after I keep talking about them. And McMorning, <laughs> McMorning is one of the interesting ones. I do feel, however, he takes the most reps out of the Masters I've, I've gone into so far. I don't know if you'd agree with that, Cackle, but that's how I feel about it. Yeah, he's definitely on the higher end of like, you need to get a lot of games in with before you feel like you even unlock the basics. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, but even... Even as an opponent, I hated playing against McMorning players because of all the little things that, you know, because, like, you try to follow through uh, with what they're doing, but it's just it's, sometimes it feels like too much. Yeah, McMorning is kind of like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So it's it's kind of <laughs> interesting, right? So before we get into all the details, though, make sure that you guys are checking us out. You can do that by hopping on our Discord channel. We got lots of people joining that up and lots of conversations, all time zones going on. And then you can see us on Twitter. We got YouTubes going on. So we have a video going up here soon about unpacking Maw Tucket. So those Bayou players will be happy to see that. Uh, you can also become a patron and support us directly. If you do that, just go to patreon.com slash ragequitwire, where you can support us for as little as a dollar. And then finally, if you buy stuff from Weird and you want to chuck a little bit of the money to the podcast, use our affiliation link at give us your money, please. Thank you, dash weird.com slash rage quit wire. And a little bit goes into helping Pete buy Rezzer nonsense, which I think the only thing I have left to buy is Jack Daw, and I might buy that this weekend. So, <laughs> yay, Pete. <laughs> yeah, I blame it on Cackle. Every time I talk to you, Cackle, about what I'm playing in Rezzers, you're like, you know. Have you tried Double Master Daw? <laughs> Have you tried making Dixon pissed off? <laughs> By the way, like that's a thing. I've been I've been like almost desensitized to playing against wrestlers thanks to that. But like for the first like two months, I was just Dixon was not a happy like, camper. Oh. Yeah. Although we're getting some good practice now with double masters too, which I is think kinda, so. a, a completely unexplored thing. I do want, so I do want to talk about this real quick because I think Cackle, you saw this. I think it was earlier today on the Weird Discord for Rezzers. They were actually talking about Double Masters, and they were kind of talking about, you know, do people not like it because it's more powerful, or does it not seem as fun? And I thought your take was kind of interesting on that. I don't know if you want to share that real quick. 
Yeah, so my take is that, like, um, it, I don't find it necessarily more powerful, because, like, we've run double masters tournaments, and, like, they they never dominate. Yep. Once you figure out what the combos are, and you're familiar with, like, the, uh, say, the uh, Ophelia and Zip, or whatever yeah. uh, builds people are doing. Um, but what it is, is it's just a lot less fun. Like, the list building gets less fun. The games get, like, more like, oh my god, there's now two of these stupid masters I have to work around and, like, (laughs) outscore them and everything. And, like, and so it does, and there's nothing that fun it adds to the game. Like, it does add a few silly combos that are kind of fun, but for the most part, like, the masters don't have any thematic ties, usually, sometimes a little bit. But I, I will say gets... though, I feel like the Rezer Masters have a lot more ties than a lot of other factions. Just because, as we talked about with the versatile and out of keyword episode, I feel like there's a lot of synergies be- between like you know there's some terrifying and corpses and you know other things that just make I think Rezer seem to blend a little bit better as as a double master combo sometimes. Yeah, I think Rezzers are especially good at finding interesting combos that are are pretty viable and synergistic. And honestly, since I've been playing a ton of Molly, I feel like Molly just is like, I'm going to give this master a better hand. And <laughs> that is, by the way, that's like the bane of my existence lately. You taught him how to play Molly, and now I have to like go through like 13 cards a turn every single game. Oh, that's so delightful. It's <laughs> not for me. I, I've been I, like, because I play Neverborn, so it's like my card draw is like very limited. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what makes Molly so good at Double Masters is she just funnels resources into elite models. And so you grab yeah. a master, and you're like, oh, and, I and don't I, have the resources. And to we're destroy. not talking about this master today, but you told, I think it was you, somebody told him to play uh, Von Stuck. And I went through Von Stuck and Molly's card draw. And like I barely squeaked out a win, but holy that was pretty. So I was because I played Brody last night, and um, he ended up winning it because it was kind of an interesting game against Asami. And but he ended up winning it. But the funny thing is, I was sitting there, and you know he was drawing a crap ton of cards too because he was playing that Russian list. So I was just kind of like, "Yeah, I'm going to cheat because I'm going to draw cards." He's like, "Well, I'm going to cheat because I'm going to draw cards." I'm like, "Yeah, we both get to draw cards. This is fun, right?" Okay, I, I I don't know this one. What's the Russian list? Oh, it's the one with Asami, and then you bring like uh, the girl that summons the paper demon. Guns. Yeah, and then you bring uh, what's her face? Uh, Gwyneth, Gwyneth for card yeah, draw. Gwyneth for card draw, and you summon okay. a like turn one. You summon like three things. You summon like two paper demons and. And probably whatever the spider demon is. So, yeah. It's like, yeah, 19 stones of summons turn one. Yeah, it's pretty good. Jesus. That's, oh my God, that sounds horrifying. Yeah, and he double mastered Misaki, and I was like, I should have totally banned Last Blossom, so I didn't have to deal with it. But. <laughs> I mean, we had that conversation, and I remember Landon saying, eh, I wouldn't worry about that. So, <laughs> it was, well, keep in mind, I was playing Von Stuck with Valedictorian out of keyword. So she made pretty light work of the valedictorian. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but we're going to be talking about McMorning today. So let's go ahead and hop into that. Yep. So McMorning, I feel like he's had an interesting kind of arc in M3E. I feel like before titles came out, he kind of pretty much the only time you saw him is if you thought you were going into armor. 
or well, or something with like a lot of techie stuff, like hard to kill, hard to wound, all that. I mean, the 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 title definitely was a huge bump. But the thing is, his crew didn't really have anything other than the nurses that was like as yeah, scary. The nurses basically help like give him focus and heal him and stuff, and the rest of the crew is kind of just okay. What do we do, boss? <laughs> yeah, so like they rely heavily, from what I remember on the dead rider so i don't know about you Kako. what do you remember about him in like gg zero or one so with mcmorning one like i i liked him into guild um before he got power crept by uh titles i think and uh yeah arcanist seemed pretty good and the thing about his crew is like the flesh constructs and the kentori um are both um uh really mobile because they they can both do three actions uh like ride with me in two actions or the flesh construct has been fast, fast yeah um so it's a surprisingly schemey crew which i think threw a lot of people off because you expect it to just be really good at beats yeah. but like mcmorning would run around and murder their scheme runners uh and be like oh you have like an armored hard to kill scheme runner well it's dead yeah. um <laughs> yeah i did that with um so once again, talking about double masters, I brought him with uh, with Molly, and I did that because I played against Von Schill, and I was like, "Oh, you brought these cute little, you know, free corpsmen, and oh, cool, they got boots. Well, here's a doctor. Have fun getting wrecked. Goodbye." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, he'll take down Eric like it was his job. Yeah, like super yeah. fast. And the other thing that the crew and the keyword does really, really well uh, back before titles and the original keyword is it has so much healing for such massive amounts. Like those heal fives are real, uh, real easy to set yeah, up. The reverse and... metabolism is great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the Chihuahua being the best healer in, yeah. the, in the, like, and the, I remember that in the early parts of the game on GG1 and Zero, he was the best healer because even like blood poisoning, heal five. <laughs> and he's yeah, just a and chihuahua like, and you're like what what you, what <laughs> and heal five is just so insane the flip side is the crew's all like defense four and like yeah. squishy as fuck so like yeah if you have the damage you can burst them down but Isn't if you that don't like have the, the biggest strength of your entire faction resurrectionist is you are very good at hitting because you pretty much always have focus and a whole bunch of pluses and stuff but everything under the sun will also hit you back yeah, yeah, those resers tend to take a lot of hits. Yeah, yeah, and you tend to find a lot of red jokers when you're playing resers. And <laughs> there was a time yesterday I was playing Brody, and he was like, he did Masaki. There was like, I think probably 12 cards left in the deck, and he was going with Masaki. So he did her bonus to throw cards back in the deck, which included the red joker. And I was like, oh my goodness, he's going to like get a triple or quad negative just to find that red joker and try to smash me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was only by last models. Oh my god, that's disgusting. Yeah, it's annoying, but yeah, I, I like McMorning one. Like, like I said, he he's good to kind of like I'm playing against Hoffman. Let me go ahead and you know bring him. Um, if you're playing in double masters format, anyways, I don't know if I would, especially in this gaining grounds. I don't know if I would declare McMorning into some of these pools, but. McMorning 1, I mean, because I think as we talk about McMorning 2, he just does some interesting things that I like a lot better. Yeah, and the thing with McMorning 1 is I always find it difficult to build a good list that's good at scoring and can withstand the enemy team at the same time. Yeah, I think when I was talking to you, Cackle, on Discord, you were like, well, you could just bring McMorning 1, bring two nurses, and then just bring like out of keyword and versatile good stuff. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've done that. And I always feel like it's just slightly under the curve and not quite there, but it's like, it's still a pretty good list. Yeah. You could, think, you, you could run it. I think it's because it's like very centralized and not very, uh, I don't want to say adaptive. It's like, you know, they can't like re once you deliver the payload, it's kind of hard for them to like, okay, I need to go to this other place and do the same thing again. Yeah, I can definitely see that. But I think, when people do think of double masters, McMorning is a pick a lot of times just to counter a lot of tech that you would see like armor. Like he just ignores everything, right? Except for soul stones. He just ignores everything. And honestly, you could bring models to ignore soul stones if you really want to, too. Like uh, in Molly, say. <laughs> Actually, now I'm curious. Why do you not take the title? I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand why taking the first one and stuff. But like, why not taking the title every other time that you don't need armor destroying? Are you talking yeah, about well, the, as a second master? Are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Since we're talking about second masters, I was going to ask Hackle that. I was like, why not? Like, is there something limiting the second one that you don't want to take him? I mean, that's a fair point. Uh, I might as well, right? And the the marker removal, like comboing with Molly's actually yeah. your card draw, <laughs> and like the he's actually kind of a better beater. Um, Really? And uh, uh, that, well, because he just he can, can, he can he use can plastic surgery on himself. So, like, he's running around with, like, the. He goes, hey, hey, Archie, I like your attack. I'm going to do your attack. <laughs> yeah. And he can attack the necrotic machine to make a scrap to upgrade the rogue necromancy. Um, so you can have, like, upgraded rogue necromancy plus. Um, that's that's kind of cute. I might have to try that out sometime. But it's also potentially worth it to just send him like running around killing stuff. The flip side of McMorning One is McMorning One is way harder to kill. Um, that he heals six per activation where he's stabbing stuff. I um, mean, McMorning Two does have Don't Mind Me, so that's something as well. Yeah, and yeah, the Don't Mind Me sometimes matters a lot. Um, hmm. And he's got Willpower Six, so on matchups where the Willpower matters, and Disguised can be really, really good. And Movement Six is way better than Movement Five. Um, so I probably haven't given him enough of a go, um, especially on those slow burner pools where you can afford to dirtle a little bit turn one, getting that okay. uh, flurry on your rogue necromancy next to Archie, and then you've got like morning and Yeah, like, it seems like a fine build. <laughs> so the reason, the reason I wanted to point it out is because I, I was going through his card and I couldn't find anything that was like too specifically keyword lock except for plastic surgery. And I was like, well, he can still target himself. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's how you play him anyway. Yeah, so is there a way that he can also make the since the rogue necromancy works with both Molly and him? And and I'm purely asking because Pete is playing in an environment that's going to be double masters friendly, so that's why I was curious. Yeah, and the other thing to consider with uh, McMorning two as a second master is uh, any crew that plays with corpses or markers makes his twisted genius yeah. flesh construct summon. Oh wow! So like I've seen the Riva two McMorning two lists, and those are those are fun. You, uh, I used to do a Yonlo before his nerf. I did a Yonlo two. Uh, Toshiro morning two list that was just like I'm just gonna summon all the cards because I draw like two cards or like Yonlo became I draw three cards at the end of Yonlo's activation when he was near McMorning two uh, back then. Uh, oh, wow. And then you had all of McMorning's combos and it was it, it got pretty silly. Um, yeah, and I think the thing that and we kind of alluded to it right now, but talking about the insanitary title. 
the I think his stats are pretty decent. Obviously, disguise don't mind me as good. But I think the things that really kind of start making his crew sing as we kind of go through what he does is one, he does put out upgrades. So we'll go through those here in a little bit. But he has horrendous corpse. So when something dies with poison three or more, it basically explodes with a uh, two pulse and everything gets poison one. And then you can drop a scheme or corpse marker within two of wherever it died. And then the other thing that kind of really goes off in his crew is the reduce, reuse, recycle. And that's just when a marker gets removed, you can choose one of two things. You can either, when it gets removed, put it down within, I think it's two inches of McMorning. Or you can draw a card. So it lets you kind of keep reusing markers or draw a card. And you can do both of those once per activation. So you can do each of those. Okay. And yeah, so you those... do draw a lot of cards. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm just, sorry. I'm just giving it some thought because I'm, I'm still stuck on that question in my head, trying to figure out if this is a good pick for you too, just every time. Oh, I'll try it. I'm going to try it with uh, Molly for sure and bring the Rogue Necro and see what we can do. Yeah, because the, the Stuck, the, I, I saw the strength in that. That was really cool. And I'm just wondering, is there something better than this? Yeah, we'll check it out. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. On the front of card, I, I think that's kind of what sit, you know stands out. And it's cool, though, because usually when you have somebody like a master who wants to manipulate markers or wants to, you know, move markers, whatever, whatever the case is, they usually don't get to put the markers out, but McMorning can actually put the markers out himself with his rusty tools, which is really cool because it has that amputation trigger. So the model you attack, you just get to put out a marker. Yep. And if it's an experimental model, he just basically heals him. Yeah, it gives him two poison. It's just so... Uh, I mean, I think, I think like the best thing about him is you have to remove more than... I think it's three or more corpses as an opponent for him to actually be at a negative or something stupid like that. What do you mean at a negative? Oh, because like you remove three corpses and now he use to one of them to draw a card, another one to drop a corpse, yeah. and and then finally the third one does nothing. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like you have to remove more than two. Yeah, to yeah. Get to, some to make value. to make removal hurt, you have to remove basically more than two. You're right. <laughs> It's so dumb. Uh, desperate plot. That's the thing that actually puts the upgrade onto a model. Basically, you have to run over a marker. So you run over either a, sch- a scheme, scrap, uh, corpse, or I think a terrain marker. And when you go over them, you remove it and it puts an upgrade onto the models. And Cackle, these upgrades are pretty entertaining, I will say. Screw the one that puts out yeah. damage poison to everything that's in the same piece of terrain. Are you t- you're talking about excess fat. <laughs> Whatever that is, I hate it with a passion of a thousand burning suns. So, so dumb. So, Cackle, go ahead and walk us through maybe like what are some of your, like what these upgrades are and then maybe how you've seen them used to great effect. Yeah, so the, the first one is the, uh, that is just overwhelmingly powerful in any combat situation is the metallic arms. Because... Uh, Two reasons. Well, so first off, it makes you way more offensively powerful because flurry is just very, very strong. Yeah. And you put it on the rogue necromancy when it flurries, it's discarding a card, so it's also gaining two poison. Um, and then, of course, an extra rogue necromancy attack is super, super lethal. It turns it from a solid ten stone model to like, uh, like devastatingly powerful ten stone model. Yeah, I mean, it's a um, stat six attack with what built-in positive and some gnarly suits. 
Yeah, and the the pouncing strike trigger on particular, you're looking for that. And with the positive, you're actually just flipping masks like all the time yeah. with it. Um, and with the card draw, you can cheat masks as well. So I've had a turn where I've done six pouncing strikes in one round. Like, <laughs> and, and, yeah. So it was just, and obviously my crew's my enemy crew was no longer there at the end of that turn. <laughs> um, so it's it's uh, extremely powerful, and on other models it makes a lot of sense too. And then defensively, you've got your too many arms. This model gains plus one defense because if anyone's heard me talk about the forgotten keyword in its problems it's that defense four really fucks up the crew and so the rogue necromancy going from defense four to defense five suddenly it's defense five terrifying hard to kill hard to wound yeah uh, and, so. and the last part of this that these upgrades have is they have the ability to discard the upgrade to reduce damage to zero so I mean, if you're taking damage, you can just go, I'm going to get rid of this. You drop two, uh, you reduce two of the damage and then it usually drops a marker as well. So in this case with the arms, you get to drop a scrap marker, which is cool because you can essentially use that next activation to put it back on something. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a really big deal, especially with hard to kill on the rogue necromancy. Yeah. You can, uh, time it so that you make hard to kill as awkward as possible, uh, especially because it reduces by two to a minimum of zero. Oh, yeah. So it can potentially negate a hit entirely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it really makes those uh, kill ca uh, calculations. And then if you survive with hard to kill, that blood poisoning comes in for that heal five on the rogue necromancy and your opponent's like, Jesus Christ, I just tried to <laughs> I mean, it, funny, funny thing also with that same upgrade is like the, the one ability that almost everybody forgets it's a plus one defense and it's like the least important thing in that upgrade when it's still great like yeah, this, yeah I've, I've played against uh it wasn't for the flurry obviously but they put it on the stupid curator and now it's defense seven just walking into the middle of the the, the table it's just being annoying dropping that stupid slime and with the the curator um when he uh, is in base contact with models, they take the poison damage instead of him. So he's yep. uh, actually really, really scary that way. So yeah, this so upgrade. Oh, sorry. No, no, that I was. Yeah, so that I hate playing against that because of that. It's like incidentally, he's like, yeah, he can attack me three times, whatever. But like the fact that he's not dying and he's feeding your crew and it's killing me at the same time, I'm like, this is just a six point model. What is happening here? <laughs> Yeah, and that's and so that's the metallic arms is overwhelmingly powerful. Uh, it comes at a very high cost because you need scrap, which is pretty hard to come by in resers. You basically have two methods. One is you hire the corpse curator, which is like a six stone investment. Uh, corpse curator, really solid model. I think it's really well designed. I really like it. Uh, but at the same time, it's a, it's a six stone cost. And with McMorning too, the hardest part is the list building because you want. 150 stones of options into your list and you're like okay what are the 50 stones i'm taking this time like figuring out what to take with mcwarning 2 uh can be really tough so fitting in the more mandatory models that you're fitting uh the harder it is or you can amputate but what i find with mcwarning 2 is i really want to have that that support turn one uh where i'm buffing up my crew but I only get three actions to do that. And then turn two, I'm wanting to turn him into a monster where he plastic surgeries and he runs into the fight and he starts killing stuff. Um, so then with that play style that I do with him, you've only got three actions where McMorning is doing support actions. And if he has to amputate something and, uh, and uh, upgrade it, you have like one action left to summon, but then you want more 
desperate plots, so you want more upgrades. So it gets a little bit tricky to balance, but you can, especially one of the tricks you want to do is if you can charge and amputate turn one, that means McMorning's further up the board for turn two, so you've got your efficiency there, and you've now got your marker so you can upgrade your Rogue Necromancy, and you can reuse Recycle Reduce Reuse so you get that marker back, and then you can use the Mass Trigger on Desperate Plot to upgrade another model with Scrap, if you wish. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's incredibly powerful, so it's... I'd say 90% of the time that I've played McMorning 2, I'm taking the Metallic Arms upgrade because it's worth it's worth the investment. Yeah, I think the uh, I think that's definitely a big one. And then uh, I think the other one I put out the most is actually it's kind of a toss up. If I want something to get a little faster, so like on the gassers, I've either I've tried putting extra legs on them to get the extra movement. Um, I've also put the extra legs on the uh, on the what are they, the undead centaurs or the Kentari, Kentaro, whatever Kentari, they are? Kentari, yep. Uh, they're pretty good with that because then they get charged through. But I've also put the spare head on the gassers. So that gives them uh, chatty for whatever reason. But if they die, they, jo- they drop a scheme marker. So I'm kind of like, I treat them as, I'm going to go scheme with that model. And if they die, I drop a scheme. They're kind of like a flying piglet, right? Except for their uh, poisonous, filthy little demon thing. <laughs> yeah, you, can, you can just admit that it's a little gremlin. Yeah, it's like a little gremlin or a little undead baby flying thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and these two upgrades are the easiest to get out. So the, the investment you have to do is extremely low because yeah. extra legs requires a corpse. McMorning has so many corpse engines, you're yeah. probably bringing a corpse. Uh, and so then they can just replicate after that. So very easy to do. And spare heads requires a scheme marker. Like a model needs to interact turn one. And yeah. it doesn't even need to, like you just have your little guess or interact or whatever. Um so that's that's really uh, worthwhile. The extra legs, um, plus two movement. Flesh Construct is my favorite model for this because it gets that <laughs> plus two movement on all its movements. And so three, that's six extra movement in the turn. Um, and that charge through is so, so powerful because you get to, um, I like I'll staple Archie's attack, do the blast damage and have a charge through for my straight flip. And so uh, I tend to kill enemy schemers turn one with that. Uh, it's been pointed out to me, and I need to try this more, is Kentori have the frenzied charge ability with a two-inch engagement range. So Kentori, you can get that charge through over and over. You can combo that with Sloth to have a fast Kentori taking three uh, uh, charge attacks that are getting that positive to damage that are a three, four, five damage track uh, at range two, so you can do it over and over. Um, definitely a combo worth trying that I haven't had an opportunity to give a to- go to yet. Um, yet another reason for me to murder Sloth. <laughs> yeah and then so that that charge through and that move uh just you can those i think are pretty clear why movement's good and positives to damage flips are good um oh yeah and then yeah the the spare head like you said uh that chatty aura uh seems really good but what i struggle with is that when i w- want to put the chat i want to put the spare upgrade head upgrade on models that are a bit weaker um because as you said, the value with the spare head upgrade is when they die, they drop a scheme. And if you have the horrendous corpse going, which is if they have three or more poison, they drop a marker, they get two scheme markers yeah. when they die. So oftentimes, like, I'm sitting there being like, oh, fuck, how do I make sure this model dies? So I get my two <laughs> schemes into position. You can drop an ensnare, uh, set up for an ensnare, for instance, and just drop two scheme markers next to a model. Uh, all sorts of things. Uh, even... Um, 
even just taking a single damage, you don't necessarily need to kill the model. A single damage gives you the opportunity to reduce it to zero and drop that uh, uh, yep. grotesque core uh, scheme marker. Uh, Flesh Constructs can do that with their uh, Reckless. I find it a little bit clunky, so I don't often do it with them. Yeah. Uh, but it's something worth playing with, this uh, Gaining Grounds, I think. Um, especially with Horrendous Corpse dropping markers. Um, yeah, and do you get, get into the- I would say, do you get any... Uh- do you get anything out of the excess fat upgrade? That's the one I've had the least amount of success with. Yeah, so excess fat, um, Trail of Slime, it can make train and base contact with this model as hazardous damage one, poison one, which is incredibly good sometimes, especially if you're one of those metas with like these huge honking pieces of terrain and you define them as a huge lazy river oh. going across the entire board. Yeah, so like you should define <laughs> those as multiple pieces, but not all yeah. So breaking uh, into well, like little brooks or something, like have yeah. little paths in between. Like I, I yeah. love that they started doing that in in the maps in freaking uh, Basel. But I, I this is the upgrade that I hate the most. So it's shocking to me, Pete, that you're saying that. You well, know, I haven't I haven't found well, a good like the time <laughs> that I tried using it. You were like, oh, you need to be in terrain to get that effect. I was like, oh, well, I didn't set this up at all. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. yeah, no, definitely the, has the to mo- be set up. <laughs> the most powerful use for it is that you can put it onto a curator and you get uh, you get um, the, the sludge it marker. gets a sludge marker. And then the sludge marker is always hazardous damage one and poison one. And every time it moves, it drops that marker. So every time the curator moves, it's doing un- irresistible damage. And uh, then you can blood poison the curator. It's to poison two. Irresistible it's oh yeah, sorry, poison, poison two. two. Yeah, yeah, because it has a plus symbol, so it stacks. Yeah, so you're just like you are. St- and then, so if you use it twice on someone, they're taking two damage, and then the poison two becomes poison four because they've taken it twice, and Correct. that's another two damage. So like. Yeah. It's just a lot of damage that your opponent isn't even responding to. Yeah. So, like, yep. it's it's quite powerful. Although, then your opponent's going to see that and they'll be like, "Fuck, I'm just going to kill the curator." Yes, um, no, no, so. no I, and I agree with you. And I like that's the point when I'm like, because like, I've had games where I'm like, "Well, the curator is far back. I'm not going to like go after him or anything." And then somehow they move him uh, before he activates. And then he brings that stupid uh, trail of slime thing with that upgrade, and it's just like take four, take four. And I'm like, what is happening? What the hell is happening? Because he, it's in unresisted. So like yeah. he drops it on two models, and like it's four damage for those two models. You know, not counting armor and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so it 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 really does a lot. The reason I don't use it much is what we talked about before of the investment of the the marker. Um, yeah, because you got to have a crow with the corpse curator to get that out. Yeah, so you need a terrain marker. So your options are carry uh, carry on emissary, um, <laughs> which uh, is a cool ten right stones. Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's a huge <laughs> ten stones. It is cool though because when the carry on emissary makes its coffins, which replaces into a mindless zombie, you've got a mindless zombie for the crew. It's true, and. And then when you the markers the coffin marker is removed when the zombie appears, which means you're drawing a card. So like, it's got synergy with the crew, um, but I don't find it's quite worth the ten stones. But I would like to p- play with it more, especially because I just finished painting my Seamus avatar. There you and go. And so like, I'm going to use the Seamus cool avatar model. with. Yeah, right. It's I really like it. Um, so it's worth tinkering with. Uh, and the other efficient way you can get it is if your opponent produces 
terrain markers near you. Like if your opponent's like, I'm going to throw ice markers near your base, near you, then you can be like, okay, I'm going to make your ice uh, ice pillar into a trail of slime uh, yep. upgrade for myself. Uh, nice. And if you use the corpse curator to make the sludge, the problem is you need to make the sludge turn one, so you have to find the crow turn one. You upgrade the curator, but then you don't have your sludge marker anymore unless you're using your only recycle reduce reuse for that turn, which huh. I often using on a corpse. You know, this actually um, makes perfect sense why I hit it because I I love playing with like the emissary and Titania and stuff like that. And I don't remember what I played against him, but there's very high chance that I have one of those masters in Neverborn that drops a marker. So yeah. he might have just used my own. Marker. <laughs> you might have helped him out a bit. That's exactly yeah. right. Like so, that's a that's something for the listeners. Well, yeah, because if you know if, about if you put that, one of your feed into him. Yeah, if you put one of your underbrush markers like right near the deployment zone, it's like, well, cool. I'm going to move this model over it to get the excess fat upgrade. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and that's the thing about playing McMorning is like every single one of his options almost is like this thing is really good in this circumstance, but it has these really big limitations here, which by the way, fantastic design for a game to have. Uh, So when you're like, oh, here's a situation where the bad stuff doesn't apply and the good stuff does, and then you're like, oh, this is actually powerful. Um, And the other thing I wanted to mention about this and the, uh, the other upgrade is this one gives you plus two to all simple duels. Which sometimes that really matters. Like if you're against um, Tara, for example, suddenly plus two oh. to simple duels. Eclipse the Void is really good. Yeah, and especially then, since uh, your willpower sucks. <laughs> yeah, and spare head. This model gains plus two willpower. Like that can be really, really impactful. I mean, and people and, and people is, that don't play upgrades. Well, I was going to say Dixon before you, you say that it, you can put multiple upgrades on one model. So. Not always the way to go, but you can do that. Go ahead, Dixon. Oh, no, not, any, no, not anymore. They, they oh, really? Yeah, you have to yeah, discard so, all other uh, appendages. Boo, <laughs> does it say it on his card? Yeah, so that, that was one of the things I was going to say. Oh, there I can have a look about it. Because um, when they errated McMorning 2, it was for broken plastic surgery yeah. combos with out-of-keyword stuff. Mm. And he had a lot of out-of-keyword stuff that was, like, breaking the game. But for whatever reason, they were like, let's nerf his keyword synergies at the same time. Let's like bust. And so they nerfed the hell. And I found like his keyword was a lot more worthwhile using when you could upgrade them multiple times. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they were over the top at that point because you were investing an insane amount of master actions to getting yeah. your crew to the point where it was slightly better than other crews. So it's like, okay, my crew's slightly better than yours, but my master's done nothing all game. So like, it was, I, I found it pretty balanced. And then that was when these upgrades felt a lot more worthwhile because you could be like, oh, I'm against Tara. I'm going to really invest in my yeah. um, rogue necromancy so it has nine willpower against her duels so my rogue so necromancy doesn't just die. That's um, what I was going to point out one more time. The rogue necromancy is a perfect example because like most of your beaters and models that are actually out there doing scheming and beating and all that stuff are willpower four or five. Yeah. And because of that plus two, it makes it so that glimpse or like any of my, you know, movement 15, movement 13 duels goes from like, oh, I need an eight or an 11 to like, I need a six or a nine. That's significantly better for you. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, do not dismiss that plus two. It just translates to a lot of card efficiency in your hand. And it applies to terrifying as well. Um, yep. The only problem with that 
is that McMorning's so brutally good against terrifying already because <laughs> killer instinct is really good with the crew because it recycle reduce reuse yeah. lets you reuse the corpses oh, and yeah. um, Flesh constructs are ruthless. I don't know how many people have noticed this, but flesh constructs are ruthless. And I I've did. killed so many manipulative models just being like, I'm going to charge you from across the table and you haven't activated yet. Well, not, oh, only, not only that, you so. have the built-in positives with the rogue necromancy and you can copy that to models. So yeah, that could be good. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's, uh, it's real solid. So the, it's it's worth paying attention to what is this giving me a bonus to the plus one defense, the plus plus two willpower, the plus two move, and plus two simple duels, again, are all things that are sometimes okay and sometimes like devastatingly strong. And, so yeah, you yeah. and I know we've been mentioning plastic surgery as a bonus, but just to go into it specifically, basically all it does is it says, hey, here's a friendly experimental model. I'm putting this on. And then I choose a model, a non-master model within range. And you get to staple their attack onto that new model. And that's why yeah, I said. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, McMorning giving himself the attack of the rogue necromancy is pretty gross. McMorning hopping around the board like a rogue necromancy is pretty nutty. Yeah. Yeah. So should we quickly cover some of the combos for yeah. plastic surgery then? Yeah, let's hit it up because some of them get pretty gross. Yeah. So my... My favorite turn one uh, combo is I take Archie's attack, which has the blast trigger on a tome, which with your turn And we hear card. everybody on the internet laughing because you have to mention Archie in a non-Archie episode. <laughs> yeah, any any crew I'm going to be like, this is how Archie is good for the crew. <laughs> um, as long as the crew has card draw, because you, yeah. you need that card draw to find the mask. Um, so... Yeah, uh, so you put his attack on there, and that that tome. Well, first off, it's a three four six, and it's the, probably the best model with a severe six uh, attack in the faction. So I like that. And you combo severe six with charge through, so you can guarantee that you're hitting your severe six. Uh, and with those uh, twenty one inch movement flesh constructs on turn one, uh, you're just picking a support model and watching it explode into a fine mist. Um, and if that support model is next to another model, say. Last time I did this, it was an Iron Skeeter with Earl next to it. I did <laughs> six damage to the Iron Skeeter, and then it blasted four damage onto Earl and killed him turn one. Um, so, so funny. That's, that's that sweeping really strike is a, it's a heck of a drug. Yeah. Um, the, the most hilarious part is like you can do this with a Kentari. Like literally everything that you describe, you can do with a Kentari. And that yeah, model yeah. is like speed six base or seven, something stupid. Yeah, six, I believe. Yeah, he's he's not expensive. I mean, he's I guess he is. Yeah, I, I think people usually model. I think people usually do it with the flesh constructs, Dixon, because we haven't gotten into Twisted Genius yet. But you can summon those those little buggers back. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's just I, I'm just like because like the Kentari is, uh, in my opinion, a bad model, but he is fast. So it's like really funny to see this bad model just I'm being suicide. I'm fast as that boy. I'm fast as that. Yeah, that's just yeah. I, I don't know. I just find it hilarious. Yeah, and I think I think they have a lot of potential, and I haven't given them a fair go, particularly because of Frenzy Charge. Like, you can charge one support model, kill it, and then charge the next, for instance. Correct. Um, yeah. I think, but <laughs> the flesh constructs are like, you're. They, if I hire one, it's one stone cheaper, and then I'm replacing it by continuing to yeah. summon more. Um, so I, I've, I've liked the flesh constructs so far, but yeah. I want to give more. I think the go. I think another one that is, we've already talked about it, the other combo that we see a lot is... It, it's usually the, it's not always the flesh construct, but definitely the rogue necromancy's attack because 
That thing just it has what three triggers that you can choose from on the uh, Rogue Necromancy. Yeah, the Rogue Necromancy is just uh, the generically most powerful attack. Because stat 6 plus is, as far as I know, the best stat in the game for anything. And it's got Puncture, um, Pouncing Strike, and Infect. Yeah, so like Infect results in extra damage. Puncture, like you're just like, oh, I guess I'm casually severe 5 you. Yeah. Um, or even Moderate 4, like, okay, I'll take it. Um, yep. And can, it's right. one of the few models that is not a henchman that can actually hit things like the uh, the Jade Rabbit. I have never seen somebody so angry as a rogue necromancy attack pouncing, striking like two or three times in an activation. <laughs> yeah, and so again, like this, this if I could, the single most powerful thing that the McMorning crew does is this attack, the Savage Bite. You're doing an extra one because of your flurry. Um, uh, like so, Savage Bite is so good that the Rogue Necromancy is a solid model, even at it just hired at ten stones. Then you upgrade it, and it's a ridiculous model, um, because it's then defense five with flurry. Uh, and yeah, this pouncing strike is one of the biggest reasons that stat six plus you can dig for it. And something else to note is henchmen and masters can stone for yeah. it. So McMorning 2 fucking loves this attack. That's my standard from two, Earn 2 onwards. This is the default most powerful thing to do. As you copy Savage Bite, you run six, like he can run 13 inches uh, and attack something. Pouncing Strike to the thing behind it, does 3 damage to it, attacks it again, possibly with a Pouncing Strike. And a really nice thing about Pouncing Strike is it does not mention the target, which means that even if you kill the model you're attacking, you can Pouncing Strike away. So um, it's really, really good for killing that like backline support uh, models, and you'll just shred them really, really fast. And like Again, you'll just naturally flip a bunch. You've got card draw. So I've had a turn where I use like a 10, an 8, and a 6 of masks to get my pouncing strike because my opponent was like, I'm not going to cheat because you're going to hit me anyway. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, uh, and because stat 6 plus means you're almost, you're cheating second uh, a lot of the time. You're winning oh, yeah. that initial duel a lot. Uh, and so then I'll be like, well, I'll cheat down to pouncing strike. Thanks. Um, so <laughs> that's the so frustrating. That and that, that's something, I think that's a good <laughs> tip for people in general is definitely when somebody's attacking you, look at their triggers. And if one of those triggers is going to be terrible for you, if you flip a one or a two, it's like you probably want to cheat up a little bit if you can. Yeah, just be like, okay, I'm going to force you to have a nine of masks or higher instead yeah. of a two of masks or higher. Yeah, because really yeah, if your opponent cheats like a three of masks for the pouncing strike, that feels really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've I've done exactly that. I think my worst ever was two of masks for an onslaught on Hinamatsu and my opponent was real sad. Yeah, Dixon's um, got me with that a couple of times where I've been like oh, yeah. never again. Actually my favorite is uh coordinated attack. I was like, Oh, attack me with Sorida. You're like, Yeah, you're gonna hit me anyway. It's like coordinated attack and just <laughs> just you can hear you just, the fumes. You just see me just <laughs> start to rage. Yeah, yeah for sure. And so the pouncing strike is like game warpingly strong. You're planning your game plan around that. Uh, it's it's very very powerful. But then, as you said, puncture is like an A tier trigger. It's yeah. like when you see puncture on a model, that alone can be reason enough to play it sometimes. And here it is like you're just like, oh, this is accidental extra value. Nice. Uh, and in fact, 
I'm not going to complain about having extra poison yeah. on my enemy models. It gets a horrendous corpse online. It makes it so my poison effects are damaging them. They're taking damage end of turn. Like, that's just all good value. Um, and since we're talking about the rogue necromancy anyway, uh, this one I don't copy, uh, but I just wanted to mention projectile vomit. Uh, very good attack. Blank stare trigger, incredible. Necrotic decay trigger means you can be a mid three attack at range eight. Very, very strong. Downside is it's that stat five against move. Um, but just keep an eye out for that opportunities to use it. Because when it's good with the built-in crow, all the triggers are built in on this one. It's very, very strong when it's yep. uh, when it's the tool you need. I mean, even even if you don't say say for example they have shielded or whatever and they you know they flip high enough that it's not gonna get the straight or whatever, blank stare. I don't know why I hate that trigger because it is the fair version of delay, but I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Because you discard a card, so you're like, oh no, my rogue necromancy gets more poison. And then they discard a card and gain slow. That's a lot of... And if they're taking the damage, it's distracted one and poison one. And even on a henchman, um, it might just eat the stone. Um, but I really like to blast it onto henchmen. So then the henchmen have to like... It's incidental on them, but they yeah. still have to get called. Like, that, that's why I mean it. Yeah, that's why I mean it. It's like, even if you say you don't get the Magical Christmas Wonderland set up and hit, you know, multiple guys with the Distracted and Poison, and you just hit the suited... Because it's already suited. You just yeah. hit the suited slow. It's like, why? Why? <laughs> like, what is... Yeah. <laughs> So Savage Might is so overwhelmingly strong, it's what I'm using 99% of the time, but Projectile Vomit is solid. You want to keep an eye out for the opportunities. Shout out to Flesh Constructs who have it at the same stat without the triggers, but uh, Flesh Constructs are really good at being like, I guess I'll focus and Projectile Vomit. Yeah, guess I'll focus and puke on you. By the way, that's the reason why I think that Kantara is a bad model, is because the Flesh Construct is, exists. And you've you've said many other reasons why throughout the, the cast, but like it bears repeating. It's like if the Kentari was seven points, that's, I still think that would see more flesh constructs than the Kentari. I'm just saying. Yeah, that, and part of it is that projectile vomit attack. You can, there, it just comes up uh, uh, just enough with the flesh construct that you're like, oh, you've positioned your crew, and here's a non-stone user where I'm just going to focus vomit it, and now suddenly you've got like four models being hit by projectile vomit, and you got to yep. make that choice of, am I using stones? <laughs> like, three stones to protect my stone users, or are they all taking distracted? And again, like, distracted's not super powerful, you can uh, assist it off, but for my seven stone model, or, you know, my summon, I'm not complaining about them having to do some work. To well, work around and that. here's the thing that, and here's why I don't feel bad about, because you can only do it once per or turn. You can't put multiple copies of an attack onto a model. And here's yeah. why I actually don't mind that is because the flesh construct, you're going to have at least one on the board most of the time if you're staying in the game. Tear apart is not a bad attack, especially since they have puncture by themselves. So I feel like a lot of times I don't need to put the uh, attack on the flesh construct because I can put it on McMorning and then the flesh construct is just two, three, five. A lot of times I just accidentally get to five damage with the flesh constructs base attack. Yeah. Like it's, and it's got reckless. So you're taking this attack three times. Stat six. Stat six. So like a three stat six attacks on a seven stone model or summon a bit above the curve. I'd say it's uh it's pretty good. 
uh, especially because we didn't mention, but the summons, what makes McMorning's summons uh, very special is he doesn't spend a card for it. You know, we're talking about Garagamo yeah. earlier. You're spending a 13 on it. McMorning's just like, no, nope, there's a flesh construct here now. Um, and I draw a card because I ate a corpse. Um, so they're pretty good. And yeah, those attacks, again, you're just happy to flip cards and you're like, oops, I hit puncture or yeah. oops, I hit infect. And sometimes, oops, I swallowed you whole and I just healed up. And then oh, I, I want to say one in, one in three times that this model activates right next to somebody, there's a fairly good one in three times. Like a, thir a third of the time you will get that, oh, my model just did 10 damage in an activation. Yeah. Like it happens. And I'm talking about three attacks. Dixon, you, three you and attacks. I played where I think one of my flesh constructs, what? What were you playing? You were playing something, and the flesh construct just blew up a model. I think it red jokered onto it, and uh, it did I mean, six damage. And you, were, yeah, and you were just like, "Okay, this is fine." <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like it was a uh, one one game. It was Augustus Hart, and another game it was uh, the yeah. um, the whatchamacallit, the the guy that Rocketeer, Rocketeer. Yeah. And yeah. you did that. It was and Augustus, it was like, and you're just like, okay, Augustus is going to die turn one. This seems fine. <laughs> yeah, and, and by the way, like, Augustus tanked. I think it was like 12 points of damage from this flesh construct. But this is this is one of the times that I'm telling you, like, I kind of softly kept track of, like, activations through, through like, the games that I played. And it just... That sounds about right. Like if I think about it a little harder, it's like one in three times this mother is going flesh to activate right next blows to a model, you up. and it just blows somebody up. And that's not, and damage. that's not even with a like that's not even with the good you know attack stable uh, under it. Yeah, like yeah. that's just his basic attack can mess you up. And Lord forbid you put like Archie's or the Rogue Necromancy's attack on, and then it's like lights out. Yep. Yep. So and yeah, again, there's there's like many many reasons why Kentari are not going to get picked over this guy. And I, it's just, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's just, this model should cost a little bit more, but then, like, there's a whole bunch of, like, problems with that. That and uh, because little gasters are so OP. They're I, fine. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I love about the Flesh Construct is, yeah, it's got all that offensive potential. Um, it's The downside is it dies really easily yeah. with defense 4 and 9 health. Oh, but... Yeah. Um, first off, they're expendable, so you're like, I'm just going to replace it. I don't care if you kill it. And then second off, once you put that upgrade on it, it's so much easier to deal 9 damage than it is to deal 11. And then, again, this is one of the best healing crews in the game, if not the best healing crew in the game because of blood poisoning. Uh, so, like, you'll definitely have times where you're like, oh, I survived on 2 health because of my upgrade. I blood poisoned back to 7. And yes, the opponent is going to be able to figure out how to do that extra 7 damage to the Flesh Construct, but then all up, they're investing 16 damage into this fucking 7 stone model. Yeah. Like, uh, and, then, and then you just get a fresh uh, one. And, yeah, and all you did was you were like, oh, my totem used its bonus action to heal it. Like, <laughs> um, so it's... It's uh, very frustrating, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just a, a, a big tax for your opponent. I love I love how you said it's like oh he's only defense four nine wounds and I'm like I'm looking at the Kentori. It's like yeah defense four nine wounds. You're right. <laughs> like Kentori is the same thing. <laughs> so before we <laughs> that's a real of, theme of the cruise, I like. <laughs> yeah, before we move on to the totem because that's the coolest model in the uh, fact in the uh, keyword. Uh, is there any other attacks that you find yourself sometimes stapling to a model with plastic surgery? Or is that Absolutely. Stuff 
I want to uh, really highlight, uh, weirdly, Sebastian's uh, stat seven attack uh, is worth mentioning because, like, stat seven and valedictorian, the same. Uh, stat seven sometimes solves some really big problems. For instance, if you're against Shenlong and his monks, uh, getting to that stat seven means you can actually hit them consistently. Yeah. Um, and uh, plastic surgery is unusual in that it copies the stats. So, like, that's pretty cool. Uh, ranged attacks across the faction. Um, Faction's not that good at ranged uh, attacks. There's only a few niche models for it. Uh, but that means you can copy them here. You can copy it on a flesh construct, take three shots. Uh, the problem with doing that with ranged shots is that the crew's not that often like engaged in melee, so you're generating friendly fire. Often enemy models will be uh, blocked. Like, you've got a lot of models on the board, so you might not be able to see them, yeah. uh, etc. So I find it a little bit clunky, but maybe better positioning players than I might sort it out. Carry-on emissary, its gun is stupidly strong when you're able to hit with it. Um, and one that I really want to highlight as a tech pick is Vincent and his exorcism trigger yeah. is real annoying. Because uh, I've had times where I've wanted to use exorcism, but I was also saving Vincent's activation for something else. Like they had some summons on the board, but their master hadn't activated and they were going to get more summons. Yeah. So I stapled the exorcism onto a flesh construct. and was like, well, I've got a high crow in hand. I'll just... Uh, use the flesh construct for the exorcism. Um, so that's that's probably one of the big ones worth highlighting. And then the, the cute combos is if you can find anything that pushes or places the model near the curator, you can do a combo with curator dredge up where it pushes a marker that's eight inches away, another four inches, then it takes the attack. Um, and uh, if you then get the reap trigger, for instance, on the dead rider, it will then push the model all the way across the board into the curator. So it's just like this insanely huge range uh, <laughs> kidnap. Um, the suit's not built in, so I don't know if Rezes currently have any. Maybe in the next expansion, have a lookout for. If you can find something that says, place the target near this model that's built in through the attack, uh, the that's curator money, kidnap yeah, um, especially your turn one where you're looking to be like, oh, there's a model overextended there. I'll just uh, just do a kidnap. Um, Get over here. Yeah, so there's, there's combos like that are always worth looking out for. And I'm sure I've missed them. There are so many things in the faction. Uh, but yeah, that's, those are the ones that uh, really stand out to me. All right, well, we've, we've already mentioned the Chihuahua. So looking at the totem, it's... Probably the most adorable, terrifying totem in the game. So the zombie Chihuahua, what do you love about it besides healing, if anything else? Oh my god, this fucking guy. I love him so much. <laughs> so you're okay, saying it's so worth I... you're saying it's worth killing the Chihuahua then. Oh my god, always kill the fucking dog. Like my opponent. <laughs> Dude, he's defense six on size that, no. one. <laughs> I've seen this thing hide behind a bucket for like half the game. It's so frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, the the turn. Yeah, so this. Uh, so I'm going to mention a lot of good stuff on the card, and basically none of that stuff is going to matter because the blood poisoning heal five is so game warpingly strong that its only job is to stay alive so that it can get blood poisoning onto your your models. Dude, it's and a so bonus so action. <laughs> the, the, what I said. What I said about the the bucket. I'm not exact. exaggerating because he goes over the bucket. Does the heal goes right back behind the bucket? I'm like, dude, yeah. <laughs> let me kill you. <laughs> and it's so dumb. And so what you want to do turn one is you want to take the concentrate action with your ch Chihuahua because um, 
you may need to do blood poisoning into concealing later on yeah. and that's how you get your straight flip on it because uh, you only need a five but you really want this ability to go off when you do it um i will also note this model has companions so you may have an emergency situation where you're like oh fuck, i need to activate this model get it close to the chihuahua companion into it and then heal it back to full and that's an annoying experience for the opponent to say the least um yeah and that, so, that's good and it's the reverse of molly's totem where you have to activate the model get near the chihuahua and then you can discard to activate the chihuahua um yeah but like you were saying there's a lot of times where it's like i want to activate my beater i want to do some damage and kill you oh let me kill you with one or two swings, go fast with the flesh construct and then walk near the Chihuahua discard and have him heal me up. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, uh, yeah, that's exactly it. And again, like defense six, uh, yeah, he's actually super annoying to kill. I've had so many people like, wait, what the fuck? He's surviving what I'm throwing at him. Uh, but the the biggest thing is the size one you hide behind train, you pop out your blood poison and you run to somewhere safe. Uh, but I do want to mention everything else. Annoying. Until then, phase, uh, if they declare tactical action other than walk or charge, gain distracted. There's a lot of models that want to declare tactical actions. Um, uh, and don't forget, that includes things like disengage. Yep. Um, and this model, defense six, this model, oh, and the gnashing bite. Gnashing bite can give uh, grab on trigger target gain slow. Real annoying. So this model at defense six can go engage something use annoying if they want to disengage they're going to get distracted if they want to kill the chihuahua they have to get through defense six honestly they might be slow from grab on i've never that, seen this thing actually matter well that that's the thing is it would be really it would be useful except the answer to it is they kill your chihuahua which again exactly. because of blood poisoning is so damn important yeah. they're willing to cross the table to kill this thing so i mean you literally, don't that, that ability needs to be reworked because like it is the most useless ability in the game, I think. If yeah, I think like I've never actually useless. been in position to use it. Because the problem is like, it's annoying and you're like, oh, it turns out they want to kill my cheap models anyway, yeah. right? Like, yeah. so it's like not not too worthwhile. The grab on would be worthwhile, except you don't want it in position to die. Except, especially look out for this, like say around turn four, that Chihuahua just being like, oh, sorry, you're engaged in slow now can be really devastating and at oh, that yeah. point in the game you're not really caring if they kill the chihuahua it's done its job that that um, wins games you you yeah. know by fa for a fact that that what you just described that line of play wins games oh you yeah. need three actions to get over there well guess what you're two down yeah it's got the built-in infect trigger as well so you turn one you can do some attacking of your own models to pop some poison on them and then later on they'll heal up from the poison most likely yeah uh, that's how i like to get some poison on my mindless zombies for the horrendous corpse combos only thing to note is it is a severe three so against a hard to wound model you have a two in one thousand chance did somebody actually do that math <laughs> oh yeah i did the yeah, math yeah. Some. yeah um <laughs> so because i had a story about that cackle i was playing against dixon and I was playing Molly too. So, right. She has that sweet, what is it? One, one, two, six damage track. And I was yeah. hitting, uh, Philip, Philip and the nanny. nanny to draw some cards. I was like, cool. I'm going to draw some cards with Philip and the nanny. And I straight up flipped three severes on that stupid attack. And I was like, I guess Philip and the nanny's taking six. 
Sounds good. I was like, you can stone for it. He's like, I'm not going to stone well, no, for that. No, I didn't have any stones at that point in the game. Oh, all I remember is that because he did that, I, I was able to kill Philip what? and Nanny and win the game. Yeah, well, no, I didn't give you, I didn't give you the opportunity. I said, nope, we're done. <laughs> yeah, so without the heart wound, that's a, it's about a 1% chance uh, of that happening to Philip and the Nanny. And then, yeah, it comes off and you're like, what the shit? Yeah. Um, so, so just be conscious of that when you're attacking your own models. For instance, with the mindless zombie, you might kill it before it gets its horrendous corpse poison, which gets real annoying. So yeah. I tried to play to negate that that possibility of my 1% failure rate. Yep. Um, and then a horrific odor, again, pulses out poison. That's that's nice. Yep. Um, I mean, it, it's and... it's that's a setup for your crew and kind of like a passive heal. Like the more important thing about the dog really is just the blood poisoning, but like everything else yeah. working together with the crew is great and turns one and two. That being yeah. said, I do want to talk about this stupid model, Little Gasser, because after plastic surgery. Oh, there's one uh, more combo on the Chihuahua. Oh, I wanted sorry. To go for it. Because what something absolutely hilarious. And uh, sometimes I will play a really tanky build of McMorning. Uh, where I've got like Valedictorian, Sloth, Rogue Necromancy is my only keyword model. I may not even bother with summoning. I'm just like all in on like this super tanky killy crew. Um, and when I've done that, I've found I've had an extra scrap from, I've used it on the Rogue Necromancy, drop a scrap, and then you can give it to the Chihuahua and it's stat seven defense. It's got flurry and you can copy the Rogue Necromancy attack onto it. And then, because Sloth is in the crew, I make it fast. Okay. And so it turns into this range 16 little missile shit that will charge in, attack with the Rogue Necromancy attack, and then flurry and do it again. And like that has caught some opponents seriously off guard. And then on top of that, it's defense 7, and it has effectively 5 health because of the upgrade. It may not even die from the experience. Like, So if you can get, like, if you have a chance to get an incidental upgrade on this model, it doesn't matter what. Making it effectively health 5 makes it a lot yeah, tankier. That's pretty cute. <laughs> pretty cute. Yeah. I, this model needs to die. Like, this is my, my brother's favorite model in the game, by the way. Nice. Yeah. Is by far the best. Yeah, he loves this dog. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And let's go into the little gasser. But briefly, with the little gasser, I want to mention. Um, so, McMorning, we've covered a few poison synergies. Uh, there's uh, McMorning one, especially has uh, blood blood poisoning on his card. Zombie Chihuahua has blood poisoning on his card. Sebastian has blood poisoning on his card. One of the biggest reasons to play the model. Um, there's an ability called Catalyst in the crew, which Sebastian and McMorning 1 have. Uh, just incidental 1 damage. Horrendous Corpse from McMorning uh, 2 uh, allows you to turn poison into uh, corpses and schemes. And of course, end of turn poison damage, curator combos, etc. So poison does a lot of pretty good things for the crew. The synergies aren't amazingly powerful. They're not necessarily well, I, worth I like how that. they they didn't just staple poison onto all these and just kind of leave it. Cause I feel like, like I like brewmaster and Bayou, but I feel like some of his poison synergies and stuff, definitely not as strong as McMorning's. Like there's a lot of things with McMorning where it's like, okay, you know, I get to move my poison damage to you. Uh, you start within this. So you take extra poison and it just seems like there's more ways to abuse poison in McMorning than in brewmaster. Yeah, so McMorning especially, what he 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 does combat poison, he does damage yeah. with his poison, and he does healing with his poison, and those effects can really add up. The one of the limitations to that is you've really got to uh, 
put that poison out. And your three main options are Rafkin, Sebastian, and a little guesser. Rafkin and Sebastian are basically the same, I'd say. Rafkin has triggers to do it more. Sebastian has uh, blood poisoning and he has the flask. So to me, Sebastian's just automatically better because blood poisoning is great. Um, but it's quite dirtly. And then you've got your cheap option, the little gasser. One of the things it can do is it's got that poison pulse just for existing. Really, really good. It's got pull my finger. It's another option for generating poison. <laughs> uh, I kind of so wish like, pull my finger was a bonus because like, I thought it was a bonus at first. It, yeah. I, I mean, I I am the only one here probably that remembers this, but pull my finger used to do two damage on like un, uh, undefendable. Yeah, you wow. just take two damage. That's that's pretty wild. And yeah. one of the things about with Sebastian or Rafkin um, using their poison turn one, then I'm sad because my eight stone model is in my deployment zone on turn two and hasn't progressed up the board. Yeah. Whereas with little guessers, if they're spending some time dirtling, these little fuckers, their main thing is that they can die if people invest in chasing them. So yes. if you're if they're still in your deployment zone turn one. You're fine with that because it just means they're safe. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, go ahead and talk about all the other stuff you like about little guesses. Then. I mean, no, no, that's just this is a chihuahua that you hire into your crew that is significant, and you can plastic surgery onto him and do all the other crap that you were, you were talking about with this chihuahua. That's what I was mentioning before. But like, literally, the, you said the combo, but you said the combo for the chihuahua. Just apply it to this little fucker. I like pull yeah. my I like pull my finger, but I also like uh, the you're coming with me trigger. So you can get into some really interesting situations with other scheme runners where you're just moving them into uh, areas they don't want to be, shall you say? <laughs> I mean, yeah, this I, is build your own beater schemer model. Yeah, and you're coming with me. You can target friendlies with that as well. Yep. Um, yeah, and it's only one, two, three, so that helps a little bit with the unpack early on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of you're coming with me, I just briefly want to mention another combo is that one thing you can do end of turn with Curator is copy the Yin, the Pen and Gollins attack with built in you're coming with me. There Curator does dredge up, teleports across the table to a model last activation, and then he does his five damage end of turn with the poison thing. Um, really fun combo that you can just be like, here's a nuke delivery. Another thing you can copy onto Curator is Hurl Corpse, and then Curator can just hurl himself, himself because yeah. the corpse. And then I again, <laughs> ends in turn with a friendly and does, or with an enemy and does five damage, or friendly and heals five. Uh, yeah. The thing with this is it requires generating a fuck ton of poison, which uh, takes a big investment. But in terms of fun combos, it's it's quite up there. I mean, you, the way you say that is like, yeah, you're right if you're going to murder the other person. But like just delivering the curator, who's naturally a very slow model. He's only speed four. So you just like chuck him across or he you have him chuck himself across the table to another model. Uh, Hurl Corpse uh, just teleport as a cost. It places the corpse in base contact with the other person. So you don't even need to win the duel. You just automatically place. Um, so I, I would say there's two other models that I find myself bringing a lot into uh, specifically the title of McMorning. And that's obviously the nurses, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But I actually like the guild autopsies a ton. One, because they just make a mockery of the guild, which I'm all all about, right? Uh, <laughs> they, just, they just look like an undead, you know, guardsman. It's, that's pretty much all they are. But they have loot your corpse or loot their corpse. So you really with McMorning, you can bring one or two soul stones and not feel bad about it at all. 
because you're going to have corpses to just pick up and then that just, you know, keeps the engine going and you get a soul stone for it. But also they have creep along, so that's never bad. And their attacks are okay, but I find most of the time I'm just using them as a cheap five stone significant model to generate resources and kind of move where I need to on the board. I mean, he's just a prospector for cheaper. Yeah. It's kind of what that it gives is. you stuff. Yeah, he gives you value just by surviving. And it's kind of funny because like at the end of the like turn three, you can pretty much lose him and nothing will happen because you'll also gain the corpse. Yeah, yeah you'll, you'll, gain, you'll gain a corpse or a scheme depending on where he is because of bloated yeah, corpse. One last, one last thing I wanted to mention about the little guesser yeah, is yeah. it has the flight ability. This crew is pretty bad at dealing with terrain, uh, whereas the little guesser adds a little bit of terrain uh uh, ignoring abilities and yep. again when you're comboing it for scrap yep. I mean that was actually part of the reason why I said this is your build your own uh, beater schemer because uh, it's like it's a build a bear with a little gasser and you give him whatever big attack and then you send him over that's a messed yeah. up looking bear man <laughs> <laughs> with the guild autopsy you've talked about looted corpse uh, absolutely the reason to hire it the creep along again does give it that little bit more reach than the little guesser when you're comparing their scheming ability although it is only move four um but you can do things like interact move interact which can be really really important uh but loot their corpse one of the things i really want to highlight there and any of the abilities that use a corpse so we're talking bet noir's uh rise from uh corpse uh we're talking uh anna loveless and the the eat a corpse to draw a card um in the early game, when corpses are tight, you get that corpse refunded, and one corpse can fuel an entire crew's worth of corpse effects. Yeah. Really, really strong. In the mid-game, you probably have some more corpses around because your models are dying. You've got horrendous corpse potentially producing corpses. Uh, you are hopefully killing your enemy, and they might be producing corpses. So then the corpses are plentiful, and then at that point, all these abilities swap from you can infinitely use them to when you use this you draw a card um and so i do that with uh gravedigger when i give the killer instinct upgrade to the gravedigger or with my guild autopsies or again anna loveless's bonus becomes draw two cards um and so that that swap for in the mid game from the corpses are a scarce resource you need to manage to the corpses are a plentiful resource they're now just card draw is um really big deal for those abilities that eat corpses yeah so would you recommend you create corpses like how many corpses are you comfortable making turn one before you like okay this is fine after this uh so it it varies immensely so i've mentioned that there is a build where i'm doing like rogue necromancy valedictorian sloth where i may not even bother summoning a flesh construct and in that case, I need a single corpse to power up like my blasphemous ritual I've worked into that build. Well, kind um, of the crazy you know, thing I... about it is you can honestly just bring a mindless zombie and that's usually going to fuel the start of your crew. Yeah. And so for the majority of the time, I want to summon a flesh construct and uh, do some other stuff. And six McMorning's going to eat usually three or four corpses or sorry four or five corpses on his activation because he does a summon and he does a desperate plot or possibly two desperate plots with the corpses uh, so he's probably using about four he gets one of those refunded so that eats three and that one that's refunded can potentially fuel everyone else you may not get that one refunded because you might want to refund a scrap on his activation or something like that yeah. so um you want to generate at least enough for him to use those four possibly a fifth one if you really want uh to do some shenanigans and so for that 
I will often do like a grave digger can provide one, and then the mindless zombie combo, which is effectively you uh yeah, you 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 give it enough poison that it's got three poison for Hundeth Corpse, using the Chihuahua, little gas roots, you know, whatever. Um then you uh you kill the model. Funnily enough, you can kill it with blood poisoning if you want, because blood poisoning uh does the damage and then reduces the poison, so it will die before the damage. Uh, the poison is gone. Um, so first off, uh, mindless zombie dies. When a mindless zombie dies, it drops a corpse. Uh, second off, it's died with horrendous corpse. That's the second corpse. Third off, you s recycle, reduce, reuse, sees a mindless zombie being removed from the battlefield because it died, but it sees mindless zombie as a corpse. So a corpse has been re removed. So recycle, reduce, reuse makes another corpse. So that's three corpses when your mindless zombie dies which fuels, uh, provides so much fuel for the engine, it's really efficient. That is the cancer. That is, yeah. That, that, oh my god, that is such... Oh, why? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's a turn one setup that you want to do with McMorning, is you want to get poison, however you want to do it with whatever models, just get poison up to three on the mindless zombie, and then probably use your totem to kill it. Yeah, and that's the thing with what makes McMorning so damn hard to play is you need exactly enough poison on all your models. You may need to be like, well, this model is going to die on turn three, so it needs five poison so that on turn three, it's still going to have enough poison so that it I, can horrendous corpse. I you need to balance all your markers. Yeah. No, no, no. I was going to, because you just pointed out something that I was going to ask about Rafkin. I played Longton. Longton had Rafkin. Rafkin had that job, and it was very good, so... What's wrong with Rafkin? Well, here's the problem that I see with Rafkin, because I think you're talking mostly that they use the flask of formaldehyde to just put out crap tons of poison. Yes. So the problem that I found, and this is what I think people, there's a video, I can't remember the guy's name. I, I'll try to post it um, in the Discord, but he he's he did he does videos on kind of like some of these weird kind of quirky setups on YouTube. And he did one on McMorning 2, and he called it the 100 Poison Turn 1. And basically, you can go through X amount of things to just put out over 100 Poison on all your models. And it's basically by abusing Rafkin's Flask to just not only put it out with him, but then there's another model that basically obeys the the Flask on Rafkin as well. So it, it just gets out a crap ton of Poison. But the problem I found with that is you dirtle in your own deployment zone and you don't move too far out of it, except for maybe one or two models. Yeah, that's that's the main problem I have with McMorning too. Is um, it's a lot of dirtle, and it's it's fine. Like especially in a lot of my casual games, you I can dirtle all day and nobody will care. And my in my when I'm playing like the Malifaux World series where people are being like quite aggressive in high tempo games. Yeah. Um, you, I find that I really need to be doing uh, the game faster. But some dirtle is worthwhile with McMorning too, and it's really worth tinkering to find what is the right level of dirtle yeah, the for balance. your meta. So, so for every meta, that answer is going to be different. Well, I'd like to do a comparison of Rafkin versus uh, Sebastian just to kind of get a feel for for what I like about them. Yeah. So first off, I have it. Yeah. Yeah, they're both cost eight with Flask of Formaldehyde. Uh, it's really annoying because they're, they're such similar models. And they, uh, they both have uh, Defense 5, Willpower 5, 8 wounds. Sebastian has hard to wound, and he's a stone user, so he's much harder to kill. Um, 
Rafkin has, uh, at the start of this model, pulsed out some poison. Uh, he has uh, emboldening fluid, so if he wants to take the concentrate action, which often he's flasking instead, but that's a way he can get a consistent poison pulse. And he has swift action on his flask of formaldehyde, so if he's using his masks, which you might have available turn one, uh, he can do more. So he's just, Rafkin is much better at pulse, putting out lots of poison. But Sebastian's tankier, so he's better for the rest of the game. Um, he has his attack, Rusty Bone Saw, is better than the Lucky Knife, in my view, especially because it's stat 7 with Critical Strike that he can stone for. Sebastian can min be mince 4 a lot of the time. Uh, and then what really comes down to... Oh, it's worth mentioning Man's Best Friend. Sebastian can summon a Canine Remains turn 1, and Canine Remains can pick up a corpse, which produces a corpse, and then drop a corpse. So Canine Remains have a make-corpse combo, uh, which can give you some markers, and it gives you another model to do marker shenanigans that gives you card draw later on, so that can be neat. Uh, but what it really comes down to is blood poisoning is stupidly powerful, and Sebastian has blood poisoning, and Rafkin doesn't. And so for me, that that just settles the, the argument. Okay, so even though Rafkin could technically potentially do three to four formaldehydes and, you know, put like eight plus, uh, those reasons that you gave Sebastian just takes over. That makes sense. Yeah, to yeah. So it's it's that it's, uh, Rafkin's really good at that early game poison, um, but I find that I'm at, often five poison is enough for my models. Um, it th even three, if they have three when they die, I'm happy. So like, well, I was gonna say the it's not like Brewmaster where the poison like gives you push effects that are equal to the value of of your poison, right? So. I, I found with McMorning 2 that if I have 14 poison on a model, that doesn't actually matter. Like like you were saying, I feel like you want to be somewhere around like that five to seven range is pretty good because that'll last you most of the game usually. Yeah, yeah. So the cutoffs are you want three for your horrendous corpse. Uh, you want five for your blood poisoning. Most models, one blood poisoning per game is more than enough. Uh, and your rogue necromancy, you want 10, but the rogue necromancy is generating up to four turn from ambush and from uh, flurry anyway. Um, but Because the reason you want 10 on rogue necromancy is you want to be able to blood poison it, heal it for five, and then end of turn, it's still healing again. Because yeah. um, they're, they're going to be investing a lot of resources into your rogue necromancy. And sometimes you want to be able to blood poison it twice. Um, so you want to know that after you've blood poisoned it once, you can still heal it again. But other than the rogue necromancy, nobody needs uh, double digits poison. Um, and again, Curator is going to be put, popping some out because he pulses it with his bonus. And if he makes a toxic sludge, he's splashing it around. So what you're looking for is a lot of like efficient, oh, I've given one poison to my models here and there. And once you've mastered all those efficiencies of popping out a poison when you need it, Rafkin's a little bit too all in on the poison and not enough on the other things he needs to be doing. You can even let me make fun of uh, poor old Archie not being able to bathe in that poison. Yeah, it's, it's kind of an upside with Archie and the crew is that horrendous corpse can yeah. be popping and he's like, oh, I don't gain the poison. <laughs> so, um, And I do want to briefly give a shout out to Catalyst because I am one of my weaknesses as a player is I forget text exists. And <laughs> Catalyst, uh, it heals. Uh, first off, Catalyst does not reduce the poison. Poison only reduces in the end phase or if you use blood poisoning, which specifically says it reduces yeah. targets poison. Uh, so Catalyst target suffers one damage from poison or uh, or 
So for your own models, that's effectively a, a, a regen aura. That's effectively healing droughts on yeah. that model. It applies to the model <coughs> itself, um, uh, which can really matter as well. Like say McMorning one, part of my unpack with McMorning one is I punch him with a nurse twice and then I heal him to remove the stunned. So he's six inches up the board and down four health. He catalyst heals, he stab heals, and heals active full by the end of the turn. Um, but that's just really solid incidental damage there. And again, if you're comboing that with his stat 7 attack, like which has a built-in effect, you don't need, even need the critical strike. It weirdly has sweeping strike, which I've not abused, but now that I'm looking at this, I don't know why I'm not abusing the charge through sweeping strike uh, on Sebastian at stat 7. I, I can answer that question. I can answer that question. Uh, Archie has sweeping yeah. strike on a better attack. That's yeah. Okay. You win. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, I was. I was confused. Also, shout out to Wicked. Wicked's just randomly really good sometimes. Sometimes Sebastian's engaging stuff. Um, I do find him a bit squishy for eight stones because, like, heart wound. Uh, he's going to be eating a lot of your stones, uh, staying alive, and stoning for potentially and again. Once, I really once like again another model with ruthless. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. I mean, <laughs> honestly, you give this thing. Uh, you get the. You, you give him the plus one defense or the plus two willpower, and all of a sudden, he, he actually is very tanky. I played against yes. uh, Mike Morning Crew with Pandora, uh, where they give one of those buffs. Like it's either Pandora or I'm playing Titania. Whatever I'm playing with, one of those buffs makes it so that all of a sudden Sebastian is like hard to take down. It's like yeah. oh and if crap. <laughs> And I've had games where I've dropped the scrap upgrade on him where I decide to go less focus on flesh constructs and more focus on uh, Sebastian Rogue Necromancy combo. He's You don't even need a staple attack on him. That flurry stat 7, like, yeah. he's, he's not got the mod 4, so he's not a valedictorian, but he does have crit strike and the or the built-in infect trigger. So, like, he's potentially dealing out an almost valedictorian level of damage. Um, he's really interesting that way. I'll also give a shout out to the fact that he's living so Gwil can heal him as a random interesting fact. I've never actually tried that. I don't know why I would want Gwil in this crew other than it's a potential decay is an interesting attack actually. That's probably... I find it funny that you you think of living as a good thing. Like yeah. In this game, being on dead is significantly better, especially in wrestlers. Oh yeah, like he can't gain fast from sloth, so he's like it's, it's worse, but... I sometimes have builds where I'm like, oh, I really want Will, and how do I optimize the crew so that Will can heal everyone? Yeah. And so it's it's just something to be aware of. Of you get different synergies for different uh, different things. Um, I've I've tried lots of builds without Sebastian, and when I don't have Sebastian, I'm unhappy that I don't have him. And when I do hire him, I'm unhappy that I hired him because he feels like he's not. And here's the thing: is like, so he does that turn one dirtle, and I feel like that's really costing him. And maybe one of the things I need to try is doing it in a Kentori crew, because in a Kentori crew, you've got that ride with me. That means that he's not sacrificing turn one positioning. And I think then I would actually be a lot happier with him. So next time I play McWarning, I'm going to try a Sebastian Kentori yeah. combo, I think. Yeah, so it's it's definitely interesting. And I think I got to give Sebastian a fair shake. So I, th I think that he has some things that could be good, but I think it... It takes maybe maybe a handful of games to figure out where you like them. The uh, the last model that I definitely want to give a lot of time to before we get into just general things is the nurse. So I think there's no reason you don't bring one. You could bring two, and I don't think you'd be wrong for that. Uh, so, I mean, what do you love about nurse's uh, 
tackle besides tools for the job because that's obviously good. Uh, so I'm going to be a little bit more harsh on nurses than most people are. I want to note that they're incredible, incredible models. Uh, but one of the reasons I'm a little bit harsh on them is uh, I consider them part of a trio, the scavenger, guild lawyer, and nurse trio. They're the six stone, uh, really good uh, models that have tools for the job. I think nurse is the worst of those three. I'd agree with and that. The re reason for that is um, basically a combination of... Oh, sorry, I forgot Kuno Kunoichi's also in that category. Uh, and they're good too. <laughs> yeah, they're good. There's also Freycore Engineer and Hog Whisperer. Freycore Engineer is part of that conversation. I don't think Hog Whisperer is. I don't mind um, them, but you know, you you literally only see a Hog Whisperer and Ulix, and they, uh, yeah, they're interested. They're, I think they're really good with Ulix too. But anyways, go ahead and go with the uh, nurse. Yeah, so the nurse is just the easiest to kill of the three. So like Scavenger, you've got your Armor 1 and Unmade Trigger um, and like six health and it's just same as the nurse but that armor one just means the scavenger is like miles more um uh powerful than the nurse and he's got a little bit more range to his ability um and then on top of that his bonus is range six so he can position more safely the guild lawyer position range eight on his bonus range 12 on his obey um and then when the guild lawyer finally gets in he's uh slowing stuff and then the Kunoichi again got the range six, range eight on its uh, abilities and its uh, uh, tools for the job. For those people looking at how do you counter a nurse, the answer is, well, it's got six health and its range on its important ability is three or zero. Yeah, it's going to be in um, the mix. So it's, oh, and Bedside Manor is a three-inch aura, which Bedside Manor is very, very strong, especially with Kentori. Uh, you can combo a nurse and a Kentori where the nurse, the Kentori body blocks the nurse a little bit. And when people punch the Kentura, use Bedside Manor to engage them with its two-inch engage and pull it out of their melee. Um, really good combo. Uh, so, like, if you're protecting the nurse, you can, but again, I play in those really aggressive metas, often with, like, a leap model that just finds the nurse and kills it. So, like, in my meta, often a nurse will die turn one in the deployment zone, for instance. Uh, so, th there's some limitations. Now that I've talked about the limitations, let's talk about every bit of broken text and ridiculous what the fuck on this card. Um, first off, tools for the job. You get a free severe and uh, a free suit. Uh, and this model has, I think, 11 different triggers. Or five. No, sorry. Eight different triggers. And all of them are fucking great. It's, it's, it's weird how every single trigger on this card is, is a worthwhile trigger. So let's go through them. Uh, you got your surgical instruments. Uh, target suffers two, two, three damage. Stat five with the fucking built-in crow. Why is the model with tools for the job got a built-in crow? That, that crow doesn't. Uh, that crow doesn't give you anything good though, does it? Well, it gives you the daze trigger. That is like, <laughs> cancer of, shit. I, like just hang out like, stun on a stick. Yeah, if you fail, it, it's better stun. Like if you fail to kill this model, I have seen it on the swing by just go boop daze. Now I'm no longer in combat. I'm just gonna walk over here, you know, and heal, heal this model. Over. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's yeah. like this is the most cancerous crap I've ever seen. And then the the most busted thing I saw. I don't know about you, uh, Cackle, but like. This is obey on a stick if you are constantly, if you at least have like four, po I think it's four. Oh, yeah, points. yeah, we're, we're going to get there. Oh, we're okay, sorry. But yeah, no, this is so dumb. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's real dumb. It's one of the best control triggers in the game. And on top of that, we talked about how the nurse dies for this. Oh, 
Nurse dies. Nurse dies a lot less easily if she has an upgrade and has effectively eight health. Getting through an eight health model is a lot harder than a six health model. So just a shout out to there's a big difference if you put an upgrade on it. Uh, I can I can mention it. It hits that threshold. Because <sighs> <laughs> yeah. I always say that, like, people try to, it's like, what do you mean by threshold? It's like, well, whenever you hit, like, a certain threshold in health and defense and any stat, really, uh, it just becomes that much harder to take out. Yeah. And eight is that number. That's the main reason why uh, models like the Gwizen are, like, so annoying. Because, yeah. like, they're, they're incorporated with, with uh, health seven. That's a... Uh, a high enough threshold that makes that model just annoying. Yeah, like if they have to get to the nurse and take two attacks to kill her, or one focused attack, that's doable. If they suddenly have to take three attacks or a focused attack and attack, that starts to get a lot harder to kill yeah. the nurse. Too um, many resources. Yeah. Especially because the day's trigger that's built in, even without tools, uh, pushes them up to three in a direction. So you can then push them to be engaged by something else so they can't counterpunch the nurse. And she has manipulative, which is when manipulative is a good defense, it can be really good. Problem is nurse is a re reactive model. When she needs to activate, she needs to activate because of tools for the job and the heal. Yep. Uh, when you need her, you need her. So the problem with manipulative is it does not combo well with her other text. So that's why it's it's weak defensive tech on her, even if some other models I will rate it. I don't rate it. Yeah. Hucksters, Huckster manipulative, amazing. I really, really like it on them. It's kind of her, funny. That's like the, one of the worst defensive things in the game, but it's still good in certain models. Like Candy, still amazing because she has to activate last. Hucksters, like you said, yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and a, a shout out to Dave. You can use it on a friendly and then use her bonus action to heal them. And, <laughs> uh, or do it to Archie who doesn't get stunned. <laughs> Yeah, um, and uh, Valedictorian is a really big shout-out here because if Valedictorian main issue, she, the only issue she has is getting around the board. Nurse can punch her, charge her, she's six inches up the board. Bottle of Painkillers has a three-inch range, so it's exactly enough to heal after the days. Hmm. Um, okay. And, and Valedictorian is only taking the min one, so then you heal up all the damage and you remove the condition. And So good combo there. It's just... yeah. So we're give her a fast. I mean, not fast. Focused, right? Yeah, that's one of the I, triggers. Yeah, you you give her focus, so it's it's ridiculous. And so, noting again, we have gone through one of the eight triggers, and already we're going, "What the shit about this model?" <laughs> right? So, like, yeah. <laughs> quick shout out to Infect. Uh, sometimes it's really really good. It can top somebody up to that horrendous corpse threshold. Uh, you can use it on friendly models if you're really desperate, or if it's turn one. Uh, and you've got nothing better to do. It's a decent trigger. I have no complaints. Other than is why would you use anything but days? Stagger, it's a good trigger, but why would you use anything but days? Like so but a shout out to those. Sometimes if you do not want a model to be rescued from a sticky situation, Stagger will win games sometimes and she can build it in. And she's stat five, so she'll land it decently consistently if you want. Yep. Um, Next ability, Seduction. Target ends its focus condition, if any, then the target gains distracted plus one. What the shit? <laughs> I've done this to an enemy Nekama that had two focus stacked on her, and then all of a sudden it was like essentially a three condition swing where she lost two focused and gained distracted. Yep. Stupidly, stupidly, like, uh, good, effective. It's um, super funny because, like, uh, whenever it's like a model that has like willpower six, you think it's like, oh, it's never gonna hit. But like, if it hits once, that's all it takes, and the yeah. effect is just 
like earth shaking. <laughs> yeah, and it's just uh, it's a six stone model, so you're happy sitting there uh, flipping cards at people. And like, if they are cheating to stop your six stone model, you're like, great. If they're not, you're like, haha, you're fucked. Like, <laughs> another thing to note is it does not have a TN, which means you can target friendlies. Why would you target friendlies to give them distracted? Well. Yeah. A small favor trigger can't target masters, and they must have poison plus three or greater. Again, poison thresholds. But target takes a non-bonus action chosen controlled by this model that's non-attached upgrades or list a model by name. Yep. And uh, not first off, for... that's potentially an obey on an enemy. You can build it in with tools for the job. Yep. Yeah. Obey late game will win games. My mm -hmm. nurses don't survive till end game, but. If yours do in your meta, then you should absolutely be focusing <laughs> on this part of the card because uh, that is a end of game, especially you can win. Well, games and yeah. a small favor is actually the trigger that a lot of people use for that 100 poison kind of synergy turn one because you can yeah. use that to get Sebastian or Rafkin to do their, uh, do their poison shockwave again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you it's, can, it's yeah. an obey that doesn't have a limit. That's the like the the only limit, quote unquote, is that you have distracted on the model. Uh, yeah. I, I I've seen this voting. thing. I've seen this thing to move around the, the rogue necromancy because yeah, I was going to say there's, there's there's two two ways to get around the distracted. The first is you use it on the rogue necromancy. It has that built-in positive, so it's like I don't care. Yep. I mean, you're a little, little bit sad to lose the built-in positive, but. You're getting an extra free attack, so who cares? Like, that's that's a good trade. Um, uh, so you can funnel her AP into like suddenly it's a savage bite. And again, this is range ten. So if she's using her tools for the job and seduction, really great early game. It's at least being a little bit uh, taxing for the opponent. It's range um, ten that doesn't care about concealing for an obey. That's obscene. Like no man. Yeah. It's baked in because of the tools for the job. I mean, oh, literally, I saw it with the the rogue necromancy, and I was like, "Oh, that needs to die now!" Like, I cannot yeah, have yeah. this thing making the rogue necromancy attack me like six times. That's not happening. And we talked about uh, Sebastian's limitation of him not being up the board. Well, the nurse can get him up the board. The other way to deal with the distracted, other than just attacking through it, is the Chihuahua. With that early game, is often like, "Oh, what do I do with my AP?" Chihuahua can take the assist action. Remove. Um, <laughs> distracted. That's uh, so true. <laughs> it comes up a lot. You've got these support models that you're like, what is the support model doing in the early game? Oh, it can remove distracted. Also, she has bottle of painkillers. She herself can remove distracted. Yep, yep. Um, so uh, to be honest, I have not done enough of these nurse Sebastian Kentori builds, um, which that those those three models kind of cover all their weaknesses of those models that I discussed. The bedside manner nurse Kentori combo, that early game moving them around. Uh, it's worth trying a build with these models. Uh, and I'm not sure where it will flourish, but any it will be good against crews. Because what you've got is you've got that blood poisoning on Sebastian, you've got the nurse. Uh, who's a bit squishy. It will be good on crews that are not good at bursting models down. Crews that are weak to lots of healing, that's when I would try a nurse Sebastian Kentori combo, and I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, the mm. crew I faced yesterday, this would have been a good build to try. Okay. Um, and now we're getting to possibly the best part of her card, uh, why she's hired out of keywords. Yeah. So, like, you know, we've talked about a fuck ton of really good stuff, and now we're getting to the... the the even better stuff. So Bottle of Painkillers, stat 6 uh, with a built-in crows. Again, why the fuck does it have a crow? Uh, target heals 1, 2, 3. Solid. This model 
may end one condition on the target. Ending a condition on the target is great. But the fact that this says may means that you don't have to end your focus. You don't have to end poison. You know, whatever. You've just got um, really effective condition removal. This is one of the best condition removal effects in the game, other than being range 3, which, shout out to Weird, this is a reasonable limitation. I like when models have limitations. Um, so really well-designed ability, very, very strong. Uh, you can remove the distractive stun that she's put out, and against condition uh, heavy crews, a lot of the stuff we've talked about, Pouncing Strike is a condition. Rogue Necromancy is devastated by the stun condition. Uh, she can remove that. Uh, then we've got target gain shielded one for a ram. Great. Preparations, target gains focused one. Insanely good. This is why she's hired out of keyword into a Seamus list. Tools for the job plus focus. Really, really good. Pulled here and there. She can use that on herself to escape combat and run away. She can use it on a friend who needs a little bit of movement. Um, uh, if you're using it on Valedictorian, you could give the focus plus one, or you can give the push. Um, it's really, really powerful. Um, and I, I, we talked about this in the Molly episode. Three-inch pushes can actually win games. Like, that is yeah. a sweet spot for, like, this is a really powerful thing to tack on to something. It's a half It's a half walk, is what I like to call it, but it's like half walk sometimes win games. We we said that also with the Mayfang, because Mayfang has shove aside on a heel. So it's like oh, you can yeah, shove aside okay. heel, heel. And it's just any any extra movement you can get. Everybody should be looking into that. Yeah, because engagement is normally GG3, they decide engagement shouldn't matter for some reason. And, I really <laughs> and they brought it back. But what, yeah, we're back to where engagement matters, which to me is one of the best things about Malifaux, um, is that like your positioning and where your models are affects the game. And so these three-inch pushes lets you have control over engagement, which is really good. And again, the day's trigger lets you have control. Um, and so early game, I'm looking at supporting my models with that. Again, you can be moving Sebastian up the board if you want. Uh, you can seduction Sebastian to walk up to the nurse, and then... or vice versa, she walks up to him, then she can heal him, giving him an additional push uh, and removing the distracted. It's pretty solid. Can give him the focus condition, because again, he's got that 2-3-5, which plays well with focus. That's just... All, it's one of those models where the tools for the job is a really, really apt name for this model, because every single trigger is good in the right circumstance. Smash target gains poison plus two generically good, especially if you've got a model your opponent's really focusing on. You want to use a heal on it. You don't want to spend a severe on it, because that's a bit extreme. Uh, you're hopefully flipping one or two. You give it the poison plus two, it survives till its next activation, because it's got a heal. Then you drop a blood poisoning into it again, tops it up again. Uh, and even if it's only a blood poisoning for three, sometimes that's worthwhile. These incidental... Uh, and again, so a lot of what we've talked about so far today is here's this incidental bit of value you're getting. And if you learn to leverage every little bit of incidental value on the crew, it's pretty insane. But again, this is why I'm like, you don't know McMorning 2 until you've done 20 reps with him. <laughs> uh, and then and then you've got the basic idea of McMorning 2. I've probably played somewhere between 50 and 75 games with McMorning 2, if I had to guess. And I still, like, during this conversation, I'm like, oh, here's something I haven't tried yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, there's so much so much to try with this crew, and you want to learn to leverage every bit of text. And you've got the support to meet, make sure that you can arrange for the triggers that you need, or whatever it is that you need. You've, this crew has so much cross-crew support that you can arrange to have it. Yeah, and there's 
there's two other things that I want to cover and I want to make sure we get them for the sake of trying to get this under a two hour episode <laughs> is so the last two things I want to cover is there's corpse synergy that I think we need to talk about and then just general schemes and strats. So looking at corpse synergy, I think this is where you start to look out of keyword and versatile because like I said, in resers, there's a lot of stuff that like to use corpses. So I know one of the ones we briefly talked about, but definitely sticks out to me is Bet Noir is really good with that. Also, the bone piles are really good with it. So um, I don't know if you want to talk real quick, Cackle, about some of those good corpse synergies that we see in this faction. Yeah, and last last model I want to give a shout out to, which I briefly mentioned before, is Canine Remains, cost three, carry on away, makes a corpse, as I described earlier. More corpse or um, synergy. <laughs> and it's, it's a three stone significant model with move six, and if you put a scheme upgrade on, it's effectively health five. Um, definitely worth a look at if you're looking at, like, I want more corpses in this build. Um, my modern builds, I tend to use the Mindless Zombie combo over Canine Remains, but whenever I've hired Canine Remains, I've not been sad that the yeah. model's in the crew. It's, it's pretty solid. Right, so corpse markers and the synergies. Uh, the single biggest thing, uh, which I mentioned earlier, uh, is that the crew can, uh, in the early game, when corpses are scarce, scarce, you want to uh, use the corpse, use recycle, reduce, reuse to make sure that every time you use a corpse, it's replaced. Um, and so you effectively have infinite corpses as long as you're only using one per turn. And then in the later game, every time you eat a corpse, there should be plenty of them around. So you're saying, okay, I just draw a card. And that card draw really fuels the crew to like be powerful. Um, and so what are ways that we're looking at eating corpses? As you said, Bette Noir, uh, which I think we mentioned the other episode, but she can use that from anywhere on the table. Yeah. Um, so could just eat corpses that are within eight of the morning. Really, really good. Um, Grave Golem can unbury out of him, but I've not been impressed with him in the crew. He just doesn't do quite enough. Um, Anna Loveless uh, is... People really, really like her, and so for those people who do love Anna Loveless, uh, her bonus action turns into draw two cards potentially with her. Uh, she can also use Remote Detonator on Mindless Zombies if you're doing some kind of Mindless Zombie build. Yep. Uh, shout out to her. And her attack spirit barrage worth... Uh, worth using uh, or copying that. Uh, Valedictorian, one thing I want to highlight that many people may not realize is Valedictory can remove any number of corpse or scrap markers within range. Uh, so you, by default, you can just choose to remove one corpse with that. And so you'd pick up a card from your discard pile with value equal to two more than the discarded card, and you draw a card. So that's potentially really good value. Or if you've got tons of corpses, you can remove like three corpses, grab a severe out of your discard pile, and you draw a card. <laughs> it's worth noting. Granted, her other bonus is amazing as well, but I would not sleep on Valedictoria in this crew. And as I said, she combos well with nurses. So uh, you are decently often on hiring Valedictorian into the crew, and that Valedictoria is very powerful uh, with the crew. Archie. Actually, uh, I, can, can we like. Is there a better number of models in that valedictorian with valedictory and the curator? Because the curator can just go in a bunch to crew. So this is actually very easy to pull off with that. Or am I wrong about this? Yeah, the only difference when you're not in a McMorning crew is you don't get the card draw. Yeah, as you, don't, well. you don't get the extra card from it getting removed. Yeah, but valedictorian is just a generically good ability. Because yeah. like, as stuff is dying in the early game, 
potentially, or at least in the mid-game, like turn two, you usually are seeing stuff dying. And Valedictory is like, oh, it's the mid-game? I will eat all those markers and pick up this like 11 out of my discard pile. Um, that's, I think, a very strong ability. It's just outshined by the fact that she has a stat 7 stun. Yeah. <laughs> like, as we talked about earlier, stun is a good ability. So, um, Yeah, I think it's like the combination of the stat 7 stun plus on your heel on the same stun. That's like the grossest part, because it's range... Yeah. Six, so it's like effectively a leap. Yeah, yeah, it's, it can be amazing. And then she can do shove aside as her next action as well. So like, um, yeah, keep an eye out for Valedictorian and McMorning Cruise. Uh, Toshiro eats corpses to make Ashigaru. Uh, again, my this is a very dirtly build because uh, you're summoning an Ashigaru and a flesh construct. You've got twelve stones on the board. My meta punishes dirtly crews. If your meta does not punish dirtly crews really have a look at the yeah. oh look i summoned 12 stones turn one toshiro uh uh combo uh, i'll just randomly give a shout out to uh yin again in that because we mentioned the copy that you don't mind me feed on grief gets a positive when uh people are near corpse markers it's not a terrible attack it comes up sometimes um and those oh and blasphemous ritual uh yeah we boy. can hire great diggers we can hire uh I don't know why we would, but we could hide the shield bearer. And put, we have the great because they put an upgrade on somebody. <laughs> uh, and that's that's uh, and so later on that becomes like pulse of focus, draw a card. Like that's pretty fine to me. Um, I it's something where I'm a bit more down on blasphemous ritual than most, but in the McMorning Cruise, I find value out of it. And again, killer instinct later on becomes that gain a soulstone, draw a card. What the shit? That's really. Cool. I know people um, hate the bone pile model because they have a difficult time assembling them. But obviously, oh, I think yeah. they go really well. I, mean, I forget. I think it was, you were playing Nelly Dixon, and there was a bone pile just wrecking Nelly. <laughs> yeah, dude, that that bone pile was actually annoying the entire game because I couldn't slow it down, and like I was playing Nelly. Nelly, you have all the conditions uh, version, <laughs> and, and yeah, bone piles they they should not be slept on. Yeah, so that numbskull is really good. Their defense for eight wounds, so crews that focus on winning the game via damage just delete them off the board. Yeah. But crews that don't, uh, every time the bone pile, uh, does, oh yeah, every time it resolves an action, which can be three times an activation, it may remove a corpse marker within aura two to heal two. So like it's just healing, and it can teleport around the board with the which draws you a card. Um, <laughs> so it's like. Bone Piles, I found extremely powerful with Reva 1 back in the day when I liked playing her. Um, and so, yeah, Bone Piles definitely worth experimenting. And another Ruthless really model for reasons. One issue is getting your corpses into a good position with the Bone Pile, but because of the corpse upgrade on Flesh Constructs, they can potentially ping it off yeah. if you want to drop a Bone Pile somewhere. Um, or if you just want to teleport them into combat or whatever, again, if it's a matchup where that dumb skull is working. And this goes back to... There's also the, the Emissary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's another marker synergy worth covering, which we mentioned earlier. But with the Emissary, if you uh, want to uh, use its bonus action, it removes a uh, coffin. So you can either drop another coffin or you can draw a card off of that. And it makes a Mindless Zombie, which gives you more corpses to work with. Um Potentially that mindless zombie can be in the middle of an enemy crew, and if you happen to be splashing poison onto it, it's probably not worth focusing on it. But if you get enough incidental poison on it that when it blows up, it does horrendous corpse, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, so, so a that, lot of synergies with corpses across a lot of the yeah. faction. 
yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's just look for anything that mentions corpse and and that's when we were doing that's literally what I did. I typed into the app corpse and that helped me remind a lot of the models that uh that have these synergies. And pretty much all of them will, will have something that they can do. Uh, that is, yeah, that is. unfortunately, the M I did the same thing, and the emissary didn't pop up, but I remembered your your take on him, and that's the reason why I mentioned it. Yeah. Oh, and the gravedigger. I actually want to let's go through the gravedigger a little bit because a he he makes corpses very useful to get the engines running. He's got that blasphemous ritual for later in the game. Uh, happens to have stitch up a lot of your crews undead. I don't use it very often, but it does have a preparations trigger. It's interesting. What I fucking love on him attack wise is the accidental rollover trigger. Like you I'll love that like, trigger, oh. man. It's so it's so good. People really underestimate it because it's effectively four damage at that point, right? It's two damage plus another damage plus a poison, which takes four damage later. Um, and delay damage. <laughs> and it's a five inch move, so often like he's 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 booking it. I put killer instinct on him, so he's got the high mobility. But one of the things I want to mention, because we were talking about corpse synergies, is. At the end of the game, all your corpses can count as schemes with a gravedigger, which I've won games off of, uh, when I say games, a game off A of game, that. that's exactly what I was saying. It's like, I remember you, we, we, the we possibilities there. mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the, 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 biggest, the biggest thing, even even if, like, you know, you're taking into account all that stuff, the Blasphemous Ritual, Wade McMorning, immediately means a card or a well, corpse. It, it also does, it has recent funerals. I mean, start a game, you automatically get one corpse. That's, so. that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Because of, yeah, because of that, he automatically has a corpse, automatically gets Blasphemous Ritual, you give everybody focus, and he gives you yeah. a card or a corpse. Like, I, I think just six points for that, I think it's worth. I mean, well, I know that well, you guys the, are... Honestly, I, put a, I put a killer instinct on him. And so... He's, again, six health like the nurse, but the difference between him and the nurse is that he can be useful at a huge range. Like, first off, uh, he moves four inches from his bonus, drop a corpse, move four inches. Uh, then he eats that corpse, which, if he's within or eight of it morning, that draws you a card, and he gets a soul stone back from it. Um, so he's paying back his investment quite a bit. Um, and because he can move potentially 18 inches a turn, or 23 if he's using accidental rollover, um, because I put the Killer Instinct upgrade, which gives the Deadly Pursuit. Uh, I just find positioning safely with him much easier than with the Nurse, and he's still generating value. Um, hmm. I think we found the... Not equivalent, but like he's he's getting close to the movement numbers of the uh, Gearling. Yeah. Like yeah. Gearling, Gearling has some similar movement shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. So he's just... And so I, I tend to use him late game. And so I'm discovering that if I'm just like a little bit more conservative with him, he can hang back really for a really long time. And, and then, then only once it. the game is really locked down. <laughs> yeah, and since he generates value while he's hanging back, um, I can find that useful. And that well, he can take the concentrate action. Well, and you can just... do a There's a lot of situations, like especially if you do like raid the vaults, right? You could just stick him on a back marker just as like yeah. some cheap denial and just keep putting out, you know, some corpses for your boys and... There it is. Holy yeah, moly. Yeah. I like this model more now. I liked them before. I like them a lot more now. Yeah. So that I think that covers the corpse synergies pretty well. Yeah. So, I mean, talking about the strategies, I think, because scheme-wise, I think the crew can scheme-wise pretty well, right? There's a lot of scheme markers you can put out. There's a lot of movement yeah. that you can kill stuff. So I think, I think the crew's pretty flexible as far as that goes. But what strategies do you think the crew either is pretty decent at or they excel at? I've played 
not enough GD4, especially not enough GD4 McMorning. So I'm going to give some guesses. Sure. I just want to put the caveat of like uh, some things to know. But the, so a stuff that he has is uh, it's worth experimenting with the scheme marker upgrade for the Chetty. Uh, that's a really big tax on stuff with bullets yeah. and cloak and dagger, where you can just hang out near the markers. Uh, it's on plant explosives. It's not a big deal. They'll just plant the explosives outside of your jetty aura. It's fine, I think. Um, but cloak and dagger stuff about it's, it's a nice tax. It's worth experimenting with. Um, the uh, plant explosives. He's like got quite high mobility with his crew. Um, can get where he needs to go, and he's good at killing enemy scheme runners. I'd give it a go. Uh, raid the vaults. He's got some really good tanky builds, which I would try there. Um, so like. I think he's got stuff to try on all the strategies. Um, and again, Cloak and Daggers and stuff the ballots, he can potentially just murder his enemies. And one of the things that McMorning is really good at is his crew just has a fuck ton of AP because Kentori and Flesh Constructs both offer a lot of AP. He's got the options of Guild Autopsy, uh, Canine Remains, and Little Gasses are all cheap uh, forms of AP. Um, so he's just got a lot of actions with which to do the game. So uh, Cloak and Dagger, I'm a little bit worried that they'll pick up those uh, Intel tokens and then they'll die some of those models, but yeah. it's still potentially worth trying for some of the isolated ones. Uh, Stuff the ballots. If you put your ballots on and then they kill your model, you're not as concerned. Um, I just wanted so. to point out, uh, I know that you said you haven't played as much. I'm telling you right now, Summoners in Cloak and Dagger very good. Oh, very, yeah. very good. Uh, yeah, summoning flesh constructs and potentially Ashigaru on Cloak and Dagger. First off, the Ashigaru can stand on the marker and just be like, sorry, you're not interacting with him in the first place. And then they can steal tokens. It's, yeah. yeah that, uh, that is that's definitely worth a go. Freaking huge. Um, shout out to some of the schemes. Let them bleed. What the fuck? This crew is amazing <laughs> at let them bleed. I'm not, because I'm not you... picking let me bleed or let you bleed, except for with like McMorning type crews. Yeah, because so like, frustrating. Because on the one hand, he is his crew. The poison heal at end of turn happens before let them bleed. If you have enough poison on rogue necromancy, it's literally impossible to steal score let them bleed on the rogue necromancy. Yeah. Um, so and still really really frustrating for enemy crews. And then similar end game, like they'll try to ping damage on all your models, but then they all heal up. So. Let them bleed is just immensely difficult to, like, you turn it into a dead scheme for the opponent. Then they're also really good at scoring it, because they have all this incidental poison. They're good at, like, being like, oh, sorry, end of turn ticked, and you're all taking it damage. And, like, yep. Yep. and, poison, and poison happens before scoring. Yeah. Like, literally, yeah. it applies to both sides of that equation. Why yeah. don't you, yeah, why are your yeah. models that are, like, three health not uh, kicking let them bleed? Oh, because they heal five at the end of the turn. <laughs> yeah, so if I see Let Them Bleed, that's the first thing making me think, oh, maybe I should uh, take McMorning. Uh, Deathbeds, he can make a corpse and a ski marker at the same time for horrendous corpse. Like, yeah, boy. Yeah. One <laughs> action. And, and multiple models in his crew also created with a trigger. I think you have, like, uh, whatever, this member, or, like, multiple models. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's he's got, yeah. Oh, yeah, the amputate, the dismembers, like, he's really good at it. Or you can also do it on the strategy marker if you're feeling funky, but yeah, I would probably most of the time just do it on corpses and you'll be fine. Um, then you've got your power ritual. Power ritual, he's good at making corpses. He's good at mobility and reaching corners, but because of that recycle reduce, uh, because of the blood poisoning power, because of... We've mentioned all these powerful interactions between models, 
and because of these powerful interactions between models, I want the crew vaguely close to each yeah. other. I don't want to go to the absolute corner of the board. Molly, she can support stuff anywhere on the board. She's fine. I'm happy with Power Ritual on Molly. Uh, Power Ritual on McMorning, he's fine at it, but it it it's not ideal. Um, mm, okay. In your face, I used to really dislike with McMorning because it meant my rogue necromancy had to make it to the enemy deployment zone by the end yep. of the game. Uh, <laughs> I'm now a little bit higher on it because... Oh, actually, first off, in your face, just do a Monos plus Archie build without the rogue necromancy and... Oh, and, come on. And send Manos off there. <laughs> yeah, like Manos, you're, you're guaranteed you're going to score one of those points. And then again, McMorning 2 himself is such a powerful beater, you can probably kill a high-cost model near him. Um, that doesn't so. make any sense. How, how, why is Archie nine points for crying out loud? Because he's a man. It makes no sense. He's an undead yeah, man. So. Why are yes, Krulligans so. four? I, I'm telling you, Krulligans should be six. The Rattle Rousers <laughs> should be five. And the, the I'm sorry, the Rattle Rousers should be four and the Krulligans should be six. That's it. They, they should swap out the point costs on those two models. Yeah. Another thing you can do is Valedictorian and Rogue Necromancy uh, in, in your face build. So just look for two high cost models at the same price, and you'll probably be able to figure yeah. out how to. That would, actually, we, we talked about this before in the podcast multiple times. It's uh, it's part of the Pillow Fort uh, list. It's just like if you have multiple models that are the exact same high cost, in your face is really good. Yeah. Something we used to do last season is we do like where the highest cost model I hire is cost seven, so the enemy can't even score it. Right. Um, I don't think McMorning's that good at doing it because he really needs some of those really elite beaters to, to kill stuff. So. What are you talking about? You just summon a bunch of flesh constructs, right? That's all you do? Yeah, like, yeah you, can, you, can, <laughs> you can do some good work, but like you're really happy to have like your, your elite yeah. models. Um, deliver a message. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, you can uh, definitely do it with a flesh construct. That's for sure. Yeah. You can also put chatty ores near McMorning that make it slightly harder. I did, uh, funnily enough, you mentioned a flesh construct. Last time I played, I used a flesh construct and I did this. It made me a little bit sad because I'd rather use the flesh construct as a missile. And I think next time, weirdly, I'm considering doing it on a rogue necromancy because the rogue necromancy is so good at pouncing strike into <laughs> position. And then you just like, oh, oh yeah, I'm but... actually going to do an interact is my final action. Sorry. Yeah, but um, he doesn't, with what mouth is he going to say the Lannister send the regards? Ever. No, well, that's the thing. You know. He screams the, the message. Oh. Because he really delivers it. Um, <laughs> so I'm actually wow. I'm going to try that next time, I think. And at the end of the game, if the enemy master or leader is within two inches in line of sight of a friendly scheme marker, potentially oh doable because you have a lot of scheme markers on the board. Um, yeah. Deliver a message endpoint is really hard to score because in my experience, what people will do is they'll just activate their master near the end of the turn and then run into a corner of the board where you don't have models. Yep. But... Again, you can potentially just be like, all right, well, I'll run a flesh construct over uh, with the scheme marker upgrade, and then it will ping itself with Reckless, which drops the scheme marker for free. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it's potentially, um, I think McMoring's probably pretty good at this. Outflank, same thing as Power Ritual? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, just looking at a lot of this, I don't see a lot of schemes that are there that you just can't go. Yeah. McMorning can do this in some fashion. I think the corner ones are kind of the harder ones, but you could still manage them. I think you maybe lean a little bit out of keyword for that. 
Well, yeah, the the question is, is he good with this scheme or is he great with this yeah, scheme? Yeah, exactly. Like, he, he's just generally great at scoring. Hold up their forces, those flesh constructs. Like, we've got all these like little shits that are annoying to kill that we've been talking about. Really good at scoring it. Unfortunately, because of the rogue necromancy, uh, he's really Easy good at score. giving it away. But hold up their forces. Uh, Monos Archie builds are more wily, harder to pin down. Potentially, you can, on in your face, hold up their forces, do a Monos Archie build probably going to find that really punishing for your opponent yeah and so for the sake of staying at two hours <laughs> oh yeah i'm going to combine uh several of these was espionage information overload and protected territory he drops a fuck ton of schemes and these all can be scored near him yep. easy peasy sweating bullets he has some tanky builds that are good at doing the center and he has shenanigans to move models should be doable uh take prisoner again he can hire like the take prisoner models that should be fine and snare he makes so many uh incidental scheme markers your opponent won't even realize you're setting it up yep and with us <laughs> dixon last thoughts you have on the good doctor nope. nope i'm gonna go eat and well i'm gonna take a shower and then go eat <laughs> all right well cackle thanks for coming on and sharing that plethora of wisdom uh, any last closing thoughts before we uh roll up out of here uh yeah just that mcmorning has so many things going on that I've not really figured it all out myself. Yeah, and tough. so definitely, definitely like take some of these basic principles we've talked about and go apply them and figure out your own combos and interactions. Yeah. Uh, Cause this crew really is all about like, Oh, this ability interacts with that ability. Um, I, I think the, I, I think his keyword is the most interesting that I want to learn in resers. However, since I only had about, two and a half months, three months to get reps with risers. I recognized that I wouldn't have enough reps before Captain Khan kind of kicked off. So I decided to be like, you know, we'll put him on the back burner. We'll dig into him after Captain Khan. And I still yeah, got a few yeah. games with him, but there's a lot going on. So definitely get your reps with this keyword. All right, guys. For well, sure. I think with that being said, then make sure that you guys uh, flip cards, flip tables, and we will see you all later. Later.